On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Hey there, I hear it's your birthday. How old are you? Well, I'm... That's great. Would you like us to sing you a special song? Hell no. You got it. Ready to sing your beeparati? I'm already and the one and the two. You're the birthday, you're the birthday, you're the birthday boy or girl. TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. There's only so much time we can kill here before we start to spin our wheels. I've had time to run, but I'm still here. your host, Matt Robinson. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside episode 972 of the Talk and Audio podcast as we mark our seventh anniversary. I don't know if that's, uh, if that's the paper anniversary, what that looks like. Uh, it's the beer anniversary. I think that's what we're running with here today. Happy to be joined in studio again by our, uh, usually our UFC f- UFC panel, but we're going to let them talk about just about whatever they want here today. Uh, Graham Creech and Steve Bunder back. How's it going, boys? Solid, Matt. Yeah, I can't believe after the things we've put you through the last couple of months <laughs> that we got the request back to, to do this, but I uh, appreciate you asking us. Yeah, interesting timing, having us in your studio a night after. This was not the idea. <laughs> I, I didn't expect that this would land the day after Game 7, I didn't map it out. You were hoping out. it was a celebration. Yeah. We will make it a celebration regardless. We will. Have no trolling from me. Oh, none. I don't know. We'll see. No, uh, none. <laughs> I promise. So, uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Talking Audio. You can give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, guys, I'm curious because I did a little bit of, uh, a little bit of digging before uh, got into this one. Just navel-gazing a bit. Back to episode one of the Talking Audio podcast and... And Rob and I doing that. And you would swear, despite the fact that at the time we'd known each other for about 10 years, we'd never met. It was about the most uncomfortable conversation you've ever heard two people have <laughs> in your entire life. <laughs> I'm curious if either of you guys remember an early, you know, you, you both have radio backgrounds, an early time on the air where you just cringe thinking about or something that didn't go particularly well here. A- any stories, anything come to mind for you? And you know what? Before, I hate air checks. Yeah. I think they're good for you, but 
So for non-radio a, people, that's where you sit down and somebody tells you all the things you suck at. Yeah. And they listen to one of your shifts and tell you, you say, uh, too much or, um, too much or that yeah. you always <laughs> say. You, you find out your crutches for sure. Yeah. Oh. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can yeah, Audio. The for sure, that's probably one way. of them. Of course. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you bring that up, Creech. And I remember when uh, you, myself, and Lee Sage would do uh, TSN Weekend, we had one air check that I could remember, but. I was producing a show on uh, at the station at that time, so you and Lee did it without me. Yeah, we got and, ripped. And I wasn't there to get beat up on it. And I remember Lee holding that over. He's like, why is Bunda not here to get beat up on this? Because uh, And air checks are usually ones where it's just certain things that like Creech said where you pick up on it and you you know your vices and whatnot to, to try and be better and work at it better. And you know I was still terrible and I deserved to be in that meeting. But I just remember <laughs> Lee holding that. I don't know. Do we have anything crazy or bad or weird or oh, funny? Oh, there's just, uh, yeah, there's, there's... You go back in the day and I remember just... A couple of my first time ever being on the radio was, uh, man, just, you know, hanging out with Lee and Phil Melanson at Sports Call. And there was a couple of times where uh, I remember they were on location and I thought I had them on the radio and I had no idea that they were off air for like a solid 12 minutes. Oh, I, de- I definitely messaged you once. <laughs> yeah, there was. And I was like, I had no idea because it was just on a different channel. And I wasn't paying attention. I was new and I was so nervous and I was sweating buckets. And I remember just getting a call from like Lee and he's just like, were we off air for 12 minutes? I'm like, no, no, you guys were talking down the line. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. So I you could hear them in studio, but I the audience wasn't here. No. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> terrible. So that might be the, the craziest and, yeah. you know, nervous, most nerve-wracking thing I've There's ever done. There's definitely like cringe-worthy, cringe-worthy segments or questions or, or just being like too wordy. I remember – like I don't think I have any specific stories of, about making mistakes on the air, which like there are plenty. Like there's yeah. for sure. Like they happen all the time. But I, I remember when I was first doing locker room interviews, it's like my mindset was – and like this – I started out doing visitors' locker room, so not the senator's room, but – Whoever the opponent was, you got and to meet the good team. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't agree to so no trolling. So I said, yeah, yeah I was no, gonna I... say uh, one of us will troll, I guess. <laughs> so I think my mindset at the time was, I want these athletes to to know that I know the game, so I'll phrase my question in yes. this way. And it's like, no, man, you're like you're you're reading way too much into it, and 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 you're coming off maybe critical rather than just what happened here right. or. Whatever. So I did there, you not get pucks in deep tonight? <laughs> did, the, did not everyone give the it a specific story I'm remembering is a goaltender about okay, yeah. why a save wasn't made. And it's right. like you, you think back and it's like, why did I ask that way? Like, <laughs> take us through what happened on this goal instead or something rather than. Well, it went behind me yeah. and everyone got mad at me. Yeah. Uh, you guys know where we like to start. I, I, I should have asked this first. I, I shouldn't make you wait. Uh, what are we drinking today? Well, I'll start with my, uh, I have a Juice Campbell uh, from Five Paddles Brewing. Uh, Day after a soupy Campbell. Yeah, exactly. It says, hail to the king, baby. And it's got a guy with a uh, an oar over his head and a chainsaw on the other hand. It's a dark, dark uh, can. Kind of looks like a horror movie, uh, I guess, cover. So I saw that and I was like, yeah, that's that's for me today. So Perfect. It's a nice, uh, it says it's a nice juicy IPA. And I'll let you know if it is juicy. What's the brewery on that one? It's a Five Paddles. Five Paddles down in Whitby. All right. Yeah. So I, I uh, because it was so hot this last week, I, I've really been in a Pilsner state of mind. So I brought a bunch of Pilsners today. I, uh, McKinnon Brothers, Bellwoods. 
The few others. brothers, they're down in like uh, Napanee or something, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, okay. And uh, right now, though, mm. b- before we decided to start recording, I went into your fridge and it. Let me compliment your fridge, by the way. <laughs> You've got an unreal selection. It's actually intimidating. I'm I, like your fridge beeped at me. I had it open so long because I was picking and choosing. But this is why I have to have the keg because I get rattled looking at my fridge. Yes, like I, I don't know how it's so to good. Yeah. And I will admit, I'm. Uh, I'm big into branding. Like, if your can looks like shit, right. I probably won't pick it. <laughs> Even if it's good, If like, but if I haven't tried it yet, I I will avoid it. Right. So, the one I'm drinking right now, I've never had this before, but it's common good, and it's a small batch series, wild style number three, it's a raw session IPA, um, and I picked it because of the branding. It looks phenomenal. It's basically... It looks like your fridge <laughs> because it's a bunch – it's an overhead shot of a ton of tall cans. Uh, and, and you get all these different colors, blue, pink, orange, green, uh, all black, red, all this. It, it, it's very cool. It, it popped out at me and uh, haven't sipped it yet, so I but have, uh, yeah. I love the branding. I'm into the common good as well from the uh, the small batch dispatch – no, the, uh, the small batch here. They're calling it the uh, small batch dispatch is a uh, – delivery service that I guess I have on the mind at the moment for maybe obvious reasons. Uh, this is also from Common Good. It's called the Kismet Red IPA. And there wasn't much more to it than that. I was intrigued by the idea of a red IPA. You don't see too many. I think... can't say I've ever heard of a red IPA. There's one up here. It might be from Big Rig called Zigzag. Somebody has a... Somebody here local has a red IPA called Zigzag that I've really enjoyed. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but... Uh, this is, I think, only the second red IPA I've ever seen. And yeah, uh, Common Good is, uh, is out of Scarborough. This is a 7%. Uh, I'm curious to see what that uh, what that's all about. So, uh, guys, I appreciate you coming in and, and marking the occasion with us. Like I said, most of the time we've been doing just UFC, but we got a lot to get to today. There's I lot's am going pumped on to talk sports. non-UFC with you guys. Ooh, just about broke off a fingernail there. Kind of got stuck underneath. Uh, you can't, you know, just sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Your can, that's some good artwork on that can as well. These guys seem to be all about the, yeah. the good artwork. Yeah, it's not bad, eh? And uh, hey, I may be wrong for judging this a can by cool. its cover, yeah. but I, I'm telling you, that's how it works. If There is a bit of that to it. Like, I'm excited going into this now yeah. because of because uh, of the artwork on it. So. Have, have you ever had a beer, though, where you the cover looked so good, and then you got it and it's like, Ugh. Oh, of course. Yeah, it happens just, all the time. Do you know what it is for either me? either you suck it up or you just you, you drink, it, uh, drink it and you're like... Yeah, that's a beer I'm never going to have again, but I appreciate that can. <laughs> I'm having a hard time remembering a beer like that, but I went through a bit of a phase where I felt like all the bands with the coolest names were the worst bands, and like the greatest bands had terrible names, typically. And the one that sticks out to me at the time, because in high school and college, I was into a lot of like pop punk kind of stuff, and there was a band called Taking Back Sunday, <laughs> and I thought that is the coolest fucking name for a band ever, but they were very... Meh. <laughs> like, oh, they were man. just okay. Did not live up. You don't deserve to have a name that good if your band isn't that good. No, no. Similar uh, similar thing, right? Being brought in by the marketing and then let down just a little bit. So, uh, I can't imagine there's any hockey you guys want to talk about from the last <laughs> 24 hours or so. Uh, look, I, I want to open this up to you guys. We'll start with, uh, with Leafs and Lightning. Uh, I was on last night. I did a post-game show on the podcast. People can check that out wherever they're hearing this, or you can just visit talkinaudio.com if you want. I want to know, though, what you guys made of the series, because obviously I'm I'm a little bit biased 
maybe, in how I look at the Leafs. To me, it looked like two very good teams went head-to-head for seven games and someone had to lose, and that's usually going to be my team when it comes time for that. But this didn't look, to me, anything like those last couple of, you know, Montreal or Boston series or whatever. This looked different, and yet we're at the same result. What did you guys see? It was easily my favorite series of round one. Easily. Um, so much so, so when the Leafs game night, I wouldn't flip. Like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, okay, it's intermission, I'm flipping to Boston, Carolina. I didn't change channel. Right. I just I just stayed there because I didn't want to miss the second of it. That was series number one for me, and it, it lived up to the hype. Um, whereas the, the other game night, so when the Leafs were off, I... I'd be all over the place. It's intermission here. I'm going there. It's intermission here. I'm going there. I'm checking out Jays. I'm checking out NBA, whatever. But Leafs lightning didn't change the channel during their games. And I, it lived up to the hype. It was close to really good teams. Uh, I, my only complaint is that the first early in the series, the wins for each team weren't close. No, people were getting blown away. Yeah. (laughs) I would, I like as a, as somebody who doesn't cheer for either team, I just wanted to see close games, like one goal, two goal games, or overtime, every kind of game. And you didn't get that initially, so it's... But to me, it it added to it because, like, I wanted the close game, but then it's like, every game, I'm like, I don't know what to... Like, Toronto looked like they could win the cup this game, and then the next game, they look like they're the worst team in the league. Yep. So it's like, I, I didn't know what to expect game to game. So, like, it was interesting in that sense. But, no, I it lived up to the hype. It was good. Two really good teams... Uh, and Toronto's a really good team. I know there's a lot of memes and people make fun of of the Leafs, and I'm one of them for sure. But yeah, they, fucking guy wore a they, Panthers jersey in here last time he was. Okay, uh, <laughs> I know you call me a troll. The guy to my left yeah. is the real troll, Steve Bunda. Yeah. I forgot I own that Panthers jersey, and he messaged me the day of the people record. don't forget, Creech. Hey, he's like, you have that, you have a Burry Panthers jersey, right? You got to wear it. I'm like, okay. Ah, sure. the truth comes out here. Okay. Yeah, the irony around it all too is that I grew up a diehard Leaf fan as well. Yeah. Um, and so you know, ever since I you know started working in media. You know, about 11, 11 or so, 12 years ago, I kind of put that in the back burner because of covering the Ottawa Senators and, and doing other sports. So Is it's, it back? Yeah, it wasn't back, but it, it was more or less. I, you need, I think the Leafs need to win for them to get my love back. Mine you know, too. And, and I think <laughs> a lot of fans are saying that. But it's just like, you know, and coming for myself, like, look, when Austin Matthews scored 60, it was like, okay, cool, he got 60. When, you know, Marner was what? He was 30-something, 30 36 goals? 30 yeah. Oh, he almost got 40. But it, And, you know, he had a, a high point total as well. And it's like, yeah, they're doing great, whatever. And Campbell was an all-star at the beginning of the year, and they were they looked so great. But it's like I could care less about all these individual kind of stats that they have right now. It's like that's a core that has been around for – you know, now what is it? Six years? It's six years, six first round exists. Yep. And you know, I, I think you shared one of the uh, the tweets last night on social media, Creech, but of the one fella being like, "This playoff loss to the Capitals is really going to help that young team because that was their rookie year, the rookie yep. year for Matthews and Marner." Uh, that Nylander, was house money. That I think was so much was fun. His second year, but the, in, in the league at that point, uh, he had played a little bit at the end of yes. I think his first year. I think Kapanen scored a big goal in that yeah. series. Oh, right? Yeah, double overtime in game two. It was him and. 
one was it Brian Boyle? Yes, it was. Yeah, Brian Boyle, Brian Boyle like yeah. behind the net with a nice behind the back oh my pass. God, yeah. Brian Boyle. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah, and, and it was just like okay, cool. And it's like, but then they've they've never like, and you can say they've progressed, they've matured, they've whatever. And this this series against the Lightning was a, a very good, hard fought series. You take away game one where it was just Tampa looked like they didn't show up. You take away game four where Toronto absolutely did not show up. Right, and then you look out at everything in between. Like you said, the first couple games, Creech couldn't agree more of how it just was okay whatever alternating beatdowns. yeah game five and on was pretty competitive and i liked that and i liked you know their game you know six where they lost and over the leafs lost in overtime i thought there was many chances for them to win that game oh they were by far the best team in overtime by far and even in that that third period i was waiting the whole series for vasilevsky to like steal Steal one yes and and he didn't really like he he wasn't bad but he didn't he didn't steal a, a game no until like that overtime, yeah, where it was he was the difference. He he was insane. Like there were like three or four ten bell chances in Game Six for the Leafs to end it, oh my and gosh. he made ridiculous saves. And it was like, okay, that's that's why he's he's no doubt the best tender in the league, and yep. and maybe the difference in the series. Yeah, and I think the big thing that stood out though was whenever Tampa's back was up against the wall, they were just a different team. It felt like in that series, in the last two games, game six and game seven, um, you know, when Toronto took those penalties and it was five on three with 10 minutes left Fuck. in the third period, you knew that the game was going to get tied up. Yep. You just knew it. It yep. was a situation. I think I had the tweet that it's like Toronto cannot help themselves, but to make everything absolutely difficult I did see that, and yes. just to, like, it's like they want <laughs> trolls to come out and just chirp them. And it was like, man, but you look at it and yeah, Vasilevsky in game six and game seven, I thought was just ridiculous. And you look at game seven yesterday and how intense tense it was and how well Tampa played when they had the lead and defended that late in the third period. Like their third period was just so good, so well defended, so well played. And it was just like watching that. It's like that was where you could see the difference between both teams. One team obviously coming off back to back cup championships with the with the lightning, but you look at the Leafs and it's like, man, their skill was there, but at the same time there was some effort level that was there. It just they looked like two different teams where one was just so dialed in and ready to go. Comfortable. I just wasn't yeah. sure that Toronto was at that level where you could see the body language. They just didn't have that confidence. Like they were out there, they were skating, they were competing, they had their opportunities, but it's like you, you hear that Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan clip from a year ago when they lost to the Montreal Canadiens. Like they they lacked that killer instinct. And you know, it was interesting to see the way that John Tavares played in game five and six. And he did take a step up after pretty much being a ghost last year and now this year and well, last year he was knocked out of the series. Yeah, but just you know, <laughs> in when in big moments, I feel like he hasn't delivered for that team once they signed that contract. But you going back to the last couple of years, it's kind of like he's taken a good step back and that contract is only getting worse for that team. So you look at it and you I know, gotta give him credit though. Like I, I've been critical of him. Hundred percent. And yeah, he five, six, seven, he was terrific, he was yeah. he was awesome. Yeah. And and I've been so critical of him because like eleven million for sure. captain and not only captain but like captain of that franchise yeah and it's like where ooh, he does good on faceoffs and he's good down low and no okay you're getting paid 11 million on that and that deal and you're Still a captain point like a game again like I, no but we're talking play even yeah we're talking playoffs, playoffs and regular season point a game no but i'm saying until until game five okay until right. game five but that that's where i'm giving him credit that yeah he was he was awesome yeah from game five on and and like i didn't find that before like i, I gotta give him credit I gotta ask you, like as a Leaf fan, like mm-hmm. watching Game Seven. What? No, I'm not. I'm not trolling or nothing. I'm yeah. serious. But what your feeling was of your team? Because, like, as someone who didn't care, 
Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm rooting against them more than I'm rooting, <laughs> yes. rooting for them to get on, but I don't care. Like, if they had won, like, whatever. Yeah. It's two more weeks but I'm, of good But I'm watching it. It's like they had 14 shots, like, midway through the third yes. period. And it's like, this is game seven. Where is this mm-hmm. team at? And then it was the Palat penalty, and they had six shots on that power play. And then and then from that point on, like, they were humming. and They were like, rolling. Yeah. yeah. So, like, as you, a, a diehard fan watching game seven, what, like, what did you think of your team's effort, like, or performance, I should say, not effort, but performance throughout the game. Yeah, one of the things that worried me, uh, I did think all the way through this series, this was a different Leafs team. And we've ended up at the same place, but I thought they did play better. I thought they were more confident. I thought they did you know, make better plays, better decisions. But the thing that stuck with me coming out of Game 6 is something that we've already brought up here, was A, that Vasilevsky hasn't yet stolen one, and B... You had the champs on the ropes here, right? You were up by one going into the third. The five on three sucks, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? But even after that, you got it to overtime. You had all those chances and didn't finish it. And I just had this lingering feeling going into game seven that they weren't going to collapse. I really wasn't worried that that was going to happen again. It was that might have been your chance, right? That mm-hmm. was your opportunity to knock out the champ and you didn't do it. And you still had another chance, but was it going to be as good of an opportunity? Did you give them an opportunity to reset and come in and, and do what they always do in Game 7s, mm-hmm. meaning Tampa, right? And and I, I agree, going into the third period, Toronto uh, actually had more shot attempts than Tampa, but far less shots. So yeah. I don't know, was that, are you gripping your stick too tight? Are you nervous so you're missing the net? Like, there was lots of zone time, but there wasn't a lot of great opportunities and shots getting through. I thought Toronto played fine, but fine wasn't going to be enough in, in Game 7, right? And and they came hard in the third. There were multiple opportunities to tie it up. But Vasilevsky was great in the third. Maybe we got through this whole series where he didn't steal a game, but he got when we got to those moments, he was there. And that would be the thing that I think I will take away from this series in general is I thought at five on five, when we had the opportunity to play five on five, I thought Toronto was just a step better. But Tampa Tampa was more opportunistic. When they Mm -hmm. got their power plays, when those moments presented themselves, the, the, the experience kicked in. They knew, do it now, get it done. And, and, you know, maybe that's the difference in the series. Yeah. No, and, and credit to I think to Jack Campbell. Like I thought he had a pretty decent series yeah. as well, especially when you look at his you know game seven and whatnot, and uh, how he played when those big games mattered. You know he had a couple of rough outings, but sort of Vasilevsky early in in the in the series. Mm-hmm. But I thought, like I said, Tavares and Jack Campbell were the two that I think surprised me the most because uh, like Creech, I haven't thought much of Tavares the last two years. Right. Um, you know, and, and he had a couple shifts last night where he was that dominant guy with the puck. Yep. And, you know, they had a disallowed goal uh, because of a pick play. But it was just like his effort level and his motor was definitely someone you can notice. And for Jack Campbell, I thought he made some big-time saves last night to keep that team in it, especially in games five and game six. Like, for a guy that was an all-star and was so good at the beginning of the year, the biggest question mark heading into the series was, you know, can these big guys step up in the ma- when the time matters? But also, it was goaltending. It yep. was going to come down to goaltending. Yep. And I didn't think that Vasilevsky absolutely just robbed the show from Campbell. I thought that it was a very good goaltending matchup. You could put some bad performances to the sides for each of them, but at the end of the day, like that was a very tight and I think like you said opportunistically that yeah, Tampa just showed up and they they knew 
you know how to do it. And for Toronto, it's it was another one of those groundhog days where they like <laughs> it took them a little bit to show up. And you know, whenever Tampa got the lead, they just they knew exactly what to do. And I, I just Toronto just didn't look desperate enough for most of the game. I would agree with that part. I don't think Toronto looked desperate. I don't know that I agree that they took a while to get going. I thought both teams in the first were a little tentative, like mm-hmm. feeling it out. And so Tampa certainly got more shots, but I thought Toronto was playing reasonably well. Um, but I do a, think they last, lacked desperation. I do agree with that. Are they not the most interesting team, too, with all the skill, talent, the way that they play, how that they can – and we talked about how they've had some performances where they were so good. The, look, they're, they're going to win the cup, and then the next game, it's like, man, this team should yeah, be a lottery a team. Is there not yeah. a team like that's been like that for the last couple of years more than them? Probably not. Like they they're probably just, are the most. They are the most polarized, or it's just ridiculous how they can be so good, have so much talent, <laughs> have sixty goal scores on their team, have hundred point players, you know, have it like somewhat like such a big fan base, but they can never seem to get it right and never have that consistency. They've been battling. I like a lot of their team though. Like I, oh, I would like to see what you think they should do because I, I was going to ask you guys. Oh, like <laughs> I wouldn't do too much. I don't think. Um, this is it. it. You don't like. I loved what they did this year with the blue line at the deadline, yep. and, and and they're a deep team. It's not going to be the same team next year, no. even if they make minimal changes. Just like I don't think Giordano will will sign there. Someone will give Giordano more money than yes, we can afford to exactly. Give him. Yeah. Um. So I I liked that move. I, I I thought that I. I think you can argue that their blue line. I, I okay as someone neutral. Watching that series, I'm more disappointed in in Tampa players. Like I, I was disappointed watching that whole that seven game series in Kucherov. I'm like, we're, this this doing? guy Where should be a top you? ten yeah. player in the mm-hmm. league. Like, w- take over a game at some point. Well, the Matthews line, whenever matched up against the Stamkos line, just ran over them. Like, yeah, that, they, they could not handle those guys. Now, when we got down to Tampa, Cooper was smart enough to put the Sorelli line on. Matthews well, and that's and, where I was going to go next. Is is I was like, aside from Game Six, I was kind of disappointed in Point Two, but but not on the same level Kucherov no. because I was like, okay, well, Point's assignment is Matthews, and he's they've been shutting him down five on five yep. for the most part. So you, that's fine. But at, at the same time, I was like, this guy needs to generate some offense a little bit more. And obviously, he had a a key goal in in game six, yep, <laughs> and <did>. then like <laughs> Mister Clutch, the guy's nuts. And then you see him go out in in game seven. But so I, I wasn't disappointed in point, but I I wanted more as like the mm-hmm. early stage of the series was playing out. Kucherov for sure. I'm yep. like, where is this guy? Like take over a game at some point, and he and he didn't. Um, but I, I can't really say the same about like Toronto lost. And there's I'm not I'm not I wasn't thinking about Matt uh, that Matt about Matthews or Marner. I know Nylander at times can probably make you pull your hair out, but then other like he's so dynamic. He was great in the, towards the end of the series too, and, and, and Tavares we already talked about. Yeah. Like that, he was unreal from game five but, on, and all the way down. Like who? This is the problem when you talk about what do the Leafs do next? Who not really dressed Wayne disapp- Simmons yeah, for the for first sure. two games? Who really disappointed you though? Like when you look up and down that lineup, who do you go? Ah. That cost us. Maybe, to me, the guy that stood out for the entire series was Labushkin. He could not keep up with Tampa. They were turning him constantly, and that was a problem, but not a problem where I'd go, that's where we lost the series. Um, mm-hmm. That third line of Camp, Mikheyev, and Ingvall, their shooting percentages sort of went off a cliff in this series, but I maybe don't know. Maybe you want a little bit more support from that line in the yeah, future. Like yeah. maybe mm-hmm. I think that's where like Tampa over the years has perfected it. Like, but they, they were in, also pretty reliable in when we talk about Kucherov not getting it done. Yeah. Those three guys were in his face, but the they entire, didn't chip in really. No, they didn't. Not really. No. And, well, and we're, like, so the uh, la- camp, 
Camp has two goals in this series. He had one goal all of last season. So yeah. I'm pretty happy with his production. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I just, when I look at it from that, like looking at the third, fourth no. line, it's Engvall, like, no. yeah. like, well, and look at Tampa's fourth line. I know Maroon can't really get around anymore, no. but there was a game where... He's had a the, beauty goal in the series. Yeah. There was a game where, yeah. Uh, how, do you let, how do you let Maroon have a breakaway? Oh, and get, like God. That's that's on Morgan Riley. Yeah. But well, th- th- that game, each member of the fourth line had a goal. Yep. Uh, like Corey Perry making... Like they they replaced their fourth line. They lost their entire third line, and they were like Nick Paul was the difference in Game Seven. Like they they have that's where they've fixed their team every year is like their depth. And I and maybe yep. I'm not saying Mikheyev and and guys that have played on the third line haven't been good, but maybe that's where they they need the difference. Maybe yeah. they need. Uh, well, Mikheyev went from being a 20 goal guy in the regular season to two empty net goals in the series, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Like you do need a bit of push from that. No, and that, I, I've been calling him out for a little like the last couple playoffs because I'm of that. Calling you out? Yeah, no, it just uh, there. He's been so decent in the regular season, and he's a guy that come playoff time he'll be gone. You anyway. don't notice him ever. <laughs> and I get that the one time I think against Columbus, he was coming back from uh, yeah, his hand, his, his hand injury, injury or whatever. whatever. So I'll give that a wash. But last year, even I think I called him out, and people were getting mad at me. It's like he's just coming back from a serious wrist injury, and I'm like, cool, but like. You know, you, he, eventually these guys need to perform in the moment. You know, if you want to talk disappointment, like you said, I think the most disappointing situation for the whole team is how much, like Creech brought up, that Tampa was a pedestrian team at times yep. in that series, and yep. Toronto didn't, you know, didn't grasp that opportunity. And part of me looks at Austin Matthews, and it's like, yeah, the guy had a pretty great game one, but when did he take over a game like? You, you want to talk about taking over a game and being one of the best players in the NHL and Hart trophies and MVPs. You look at the way Connor McDavid played game seven for the Fuck. Oilers last night yeah. and Austin Matthews, like he was out there but, and I get he's being, you know, uh, he's up against Hedman a lot. He's being, he's facing some tough matchups, but eventually you just got to grab it by the balls. Like, in those last yeah, three games. You got to find another level. Guys, guys. Yeah. I, and I, I hate He's on our, another level. And this is like, I like Matthews. Sure. Matthews is sick. Same here. There's nobody shoots puck in the league like him but he's not on mcdavid's level he can't take over a game like mcdavid can no and, and and maybe he can at times with his goal scoring ability like i thought the way he took over game one at times where he had a couple of great plays and early in the series there was a couple but in game seven like i could say he had a couple chances whatever it was but i just i didn't notice him above the whole leafs team stepping taking that next step and again you can say Tavares is the captain whatever austin matthews is the best player on that team yeah. and he's a guy that when the when the you know moment was there he wasn't the one that was standing out and making sure that he did everything he could do and that that leafs team wasn't getting out of game seven without a like with a do you win want or more from him What's your thing? Which, see, uh, yeah, yes, obviously, more from him means we're moving on in the next round. No, but, I, but like, are you disappointed? No, or? I'm not because the one of the things that he was doing fantastic was he was backtracking. He was ba- like his back checking yeah, was terrific. His 200 foot game has sure. like come it, huge, and I think he ended either four or five goals in the series. Like that's not nothing, right? Like that playing against Hedman and Sorelli for the entire Hedman series. Is so good, by the way, just yeah. like he make a mistake. He's so yeah. smooth. It's insane. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't really have the same problem with it. Yeah, I get it. It'd be nice if he was able to bang that big, you know, signature moment in game seven and he buries it and, and you're moving on. And I, my, the thing that's fucking with my head as I run through all this over the last 24 hours or so is I don't really have a huge problem with how anyone on Toronto played, and yet you're done again. You're out. And so that make that leaves you in a real weird spot moving forward. Like, well, now what? And that's going to be an uncomfortable place for Leafs when, management. When I, when I mentioned the third line, I wasn't saying that they underperformed. My point 
that I was trying to make, I don't know if it was clear or not, was that that maybe that's where like Dubas and, and company need to There has address. to be a little more push there, a little more punch. Like well, Nick yeah, Robertson just, or something next year needs to yeah. fit in there. Like uh, I, I don't know what it – like I don't have the answers. I, I just – and again, I'm not throwing the third line under the bus, but that's – that's where Tampa, I think, was made the difference. Right, like they lost Braden Point, yep. and Nick Paul had the game of his life. So, like yep. they just, I don't know if Toronto had those guys. And so, I'm not saying it's their fault. Yeah, the, the the third line and the fourth line, but maybe, maybe that's where the difference is in the series. But yeah. they they have a good team, and I don't know. I wouldn't make massive. Like I wouldn't be trading Mitch Marner. No, but I, it'll be. Why, what would, would you why, do? Why wouldn't you, you though? Like, and he, see, I think I'm on a different level than than both of you. I I didn't like their trade. Like this guy is on a different no, level than us. I this just is... I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't honestly like their trade deadline. He's I, McDavid. I know I, I didn't like the, the addition of Giordano. Like, really? I think he, he's good. Yeah. But well, if like, they don't add him, I think they. I oh, think 100%. Tampa wins in five or six. Oh, yeah, no. They, not, I'm not saying Giordano he, was that much a difference, but just uh, the blue end is for sure. For sure. But at the same time, when like you look at a team like Tampa, who the last couple of years and like I get it, it's different but they went out and they've been out, out like going out and grabbing guys like impact players and giving up their futures Toronto was kind of hesitant Toronto's giving up their futures they still have no cap space but that's it. it's, it's such a difference you too, can blame Dubas for that you look it's... at the guys that they bring in and like they've been constantly they're throwing away first round picks and prospects to bring in everybody the last couple of years the last two or three years like the that ma- is the one thing I'll defend him on he, he refused to give up a first this year for yeah. a rental and it's like so. you look at the situation Situation where there was that you know Hagel and and Mark Andre Fleury trade rumor that was brought up with Chicago that they mm-hmm. backed away from and they added a defenseman that hasn't really won anything in his life. Nothing against Giordano, sure he's a great lad, but at the same time <laughs> it's like you need a veteran guy that can get out there and get like they needed a Corey Perry. Like I remember when it came down to it was it not a couple of years ago when Montreal signed Corey Perry and nobody it, wanted him. No, but it's like and they went out and they got Wayne Simmons and it's like you know we got Wayne Simmons we didn't want Corey Perry and Corey Perry's been out there and and just going to cup finals like it's his day job <laughs> or the last like two three years because the guy just he does his he plays his role but having a guy that's won a cup and been around like they didn't do like Blackwell and a guy like Giordano wasn't enough for me to be like okay like this team is absolutely bolstered and ready for a cup run they haven't really changed anybody from last year they brought back guys like Spezza brought back guys like uh, Simmons you know they have a couple of like they went out and they brought in a guy like Giordano but they didn't I feel like do enough to be like you know what we need to actually go all in on a cup run and get in there and they make sure right there. Like, and I gotta say, like the Hagel there. trade, like he, I didn't like him in that series. No, I Tampa, didn't think gave, Tampa gave up two first round picks plus for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, so and I, honestly, he was only coming to Toronto with Mark Andre Fleury. And would you say for sure that Fleury was better? Than Campbell in no. his series, but the Comparable, thing is, but you know, we don't like, and that's the thing we will never know with Mark Andre Fleury. Like, maybe he is a guy that is a calming presence that helps that team out a bit more. You never know. And and my thing is, I look at it, and it's just a team that's constantly doing small adjustments. And you bring up the third line. The reason why they don't have these great depth on def- in the third and fourth lines half the time is because of all the money they spend on their big four. So yeah. it's like I'm not against trading one yeah, of the but big what, four. Perry's like league minimum. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying, and the Leafs have all that. Like guys like Camp and Bunting, what are they making? Barely anything. Nine fifty. Yeah, yeah nice. you look at a lot of these guys. Like Toronto's last, like their third and fourth lines are mainly guys that are all making league minimum and a mil under, basically because of the contracts. But that they Bunting have. ends up signing for that and putting up like tw- like I don't even care about the rookie of the year thing. He puts up twenty five goals Billy and sixty Madison? points for nine hundred and fifty yeah. grand. I'm yeah, I'm good know. with that, right? Kasha when he was healthy. 
panned out. Camp panned out. The only one that really didn't work was uh, was what's his name that they traded down to Arizona. Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie. Yeah. No. Honestly, I'm not. I, I'm not shitting on no. the third and fourth line. I'm just saying maybe that that's the difference yeah. that mm-hmm. that. Tampa had better third and fourth line could players. Be. Yeah. It could be. And I definitely think Tampa's fourth line was better than uh, than Toronto. Yeah. Minus so, Maroon. Minus Maroon. Yeah. I, I, did you guys see the uh, Kevin Bieksa clip? I can't remember if it was in game. must have been game four where Corey Perry scores on the breakaway and they clock him and how fast he's skating. And then Kevin Bieksa runs the clock on the guy who's shoveling the ice going across. And it's the same <laughs> I didn't funny. see that. I was hysterical. They were both doing the same speed. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not here to hate I on the Leafs. I love Corey Perry, by the way. Yeah, yeah I get oh, it. I'm not here to hate. my team any day. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not, Pete. Like, I'm not trying to hate on the Leafs. No, but at this the same is frustration, time, I think. It, it I think, is. I think the Leaf I fandom more. is coming back. It is. Yeah. Like, I want more from this team. Like, it's, it's not hard to... You know, just yeah, it's so easy to just give them credit for how they lost to Tampa. But at the same time, I'm looking at it as a sense of Tampa was right there and they had that opportunity, and you didn't see a next level from Austin Matthews that was like, "We're going to the second round and we're going to beat the like we're going to beat the Stanley Cup champions. We're going on to that next round." I didn't see that from anyone on that Leafs. Who did you see that in Toronto or in Tampa though? I didn't, but I just thought that that was a team that was just calm and they defended well. I just well. see, and that like I brought up Kucherov. Really, you could say the same thing for Stamkos. Like I, see, he oh, wasn't Stamkos big time, but that, that's he was my overwhelmed point. a little bit at times in the series. He scored a couple big goals later on in the series yeah. as well. But that's part of my point, though, is like why, how is and, and losing point in Game Seven? Like there, there were so many reasons and ways for Toronto to win the series. Mm-hmm. And I think what I think you might have somebody I can't remember what Lee fan I was talking to that brought up. It's like I don't, I'm not nervous for Game Seven. I'm just, I'm afraid of how the outcome of the loss is going to be. Are they going to get shelled in Game Seven? Are they going to blow a well, lead? That's in what game I seven? tweeted. It was whatever hockey gods, whatever you're about to do, just yeah. please be gentle. And, <laughs> and it's just like they had so many ways to win it, and it's like they didn't do it. And it's like Tampa, like you said, they were a team that's like. Not a lot of their guys stepped up, but they just did it. Like yep. they just got it done when it mattered. Like you said, Cody CC having the game of his life <laughs> in Game Seven is, or not Cody CC. Um, Nick, Nick Paul uh, does Nick it Paul, all. Nick Paul does it all. It's like man, this guy Good just did it all. Former and Co- Cody CC had a night himself. Everyone too. getting yeah. sends. Yeah, in yeah. I got sends in my mentions all over the place, <laughs> wanting <laughs> to be relevant for an evening. That's which uh, is awesome though. Like it's and like good for is them. It, and it's is like, it awesome? Yeah. The master plan was sending <laughs> Nick Paul <laughs> just, to Tampa. Yeah, I don't. Know. I just I want more. And I thought, like I said, you could get more from those guys. And you can say they didn't do as much, but neither did Tampa. It's like I don't give a crap about Tampa. I don't give a shit about what they did at yeah. all. It's like they you had. An opportunity to win a, win a series, and they didn't do I agree it. Agree with that. I and think so it came down to a coin I'm, flip. I'm and not against a trading of Mitch Marner, or William Nylander, for what? awesome. I, for what? Go out there and make a team better. Get it like change. I it think up. they will I'm make a team running, better by I'm making not, that deal, but yeah. it won't be ours. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I'm not trading Marner. I mean, if you want to go blame and Marner, Marner no, either. No. I, I'm not. I mean, I again, I didn't see a next level from him. And oh, I don't cons- know. I thought his game seven was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. I, he was terrific. He might have been the most noticeable. Him and Tavares. I thought Tavares had himself like a pretty solid game seven. Too. I thought Marner was awesome. But in I, game seven. yeah, I agree. Compared but, to last year for sure. <laughs> it's, but at the same time, it's like you could have all these great. What are you game trying seven. to do if you trade Marner? You bring in like a more established and, and a better defenseman. Bring in a better, just changing. Like at the same time, it's like the stupidest thing is to trade just to make change. But you have to change that core that hasn't got it done six years in a row. And I get what Tavares has only been there for four of them. They were so of them. close. I, I'm uh, not, I get I'm not doing a change like that. And, and hey, yeah. And maybe they don't. They come back and they can win it all next year. If it year. is, it, it, it would be yeah. Nylander maybe. But I, I'm not trading. The problem with trading Willie, and you guys know I'm a Nylander fan, but his he's, he's the guy 
that may be outproducing his cap hit. 100%. Like, he's the best value of those, those other guys. Like, to me, Matthews and Marner this season, you got about what you paid for. To me, with Willie, I think you get a little more than what you're paying for. So to trade that is rough unless you're getting something. In the regular season. Mm-hmm. No, again, point. For, like, no, I'm just saying if, like, I'm trying to entertain Bunda's idea of trading a core piece. Nylander's been very good in the playoffs. Nylander or Marner? Are, both. No, who are you trading? Oh, well, this is it. I'm not trading either one of them. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm mm. just trying to entertain his this idea. Is it. I, and, I, and if I'm I don't doing know how that, you run Nylander. it back. But, like, we don't even know I who the goaltender is going to be no, next year, right? Like, no, we don't. <laughs> Eric Shalgren. 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 Peter Mrazek. Yeah. yeah like, holy fuck. I don't know. I forgot and, about that guy. And the idea is, like, I'm not here to tell you exactly what they're going to get back, but whatever you're going to trade for Mitch Marner, I'm sure you're going to be getting a decent Oh, you get a massive. I just. But the, uh, and I just when you trade the best it. player in the deal, you never win the deal. Well, Ottawa did. Yeah, sometimes Actually, you Otto's do. You don't. You might not do it right away. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah look what happens. Get you never Josh know. Morris out of it or something. So. I just, I'm getting frustrated just sitting and hearing and and just watching the same thing happen all the time. And it's like I hear, I hear you, you about, but yeah. it's like after the whistle, these guys half the time aren't even engaged in it or care. I don't like, care about that. You watch, you watch. No, but you do. You watch and talking to some of these young sense players. Uh, you know, a lot of them all say the same thing. Like the one thing they all love is how you know close knit and everybody is. You watch a game and like every sense game after the whistle, if anyone's getting into it, the whole team is getting into it. And I just you love that part of uh, you know how this young sense team is right now. But seeing you know Tim Stutzel get into it with Brian Gallagher and he's like he never backed down and he he got in there too. He was getting lippy. He was you know ready to drop. You don't see that level of engagement from guys like Mitch Marner and William Nylander and even Austin Matthews, right? They have the right, time, but Toronto just had a 115 point season. Ottawa finished 30 points and out of the playoffs. Like, what did the, those scrums really get you? We're golfing a yeah, week, what, what two <laughs> so, weeks later? They're in the same spot. And my point is, give just, me those. It's a different seven team. games over. I find it's just a different team kind of camaraderie when you're watching both teams play, where one looks like they're a full team and, and they'll do anything for each other's back. And you look at the other team and it's a team full of all stars. And it's like, yeah, they'll Man. have all these great plays. And it's like, but they're just, they're not getting it done when it matters. And until they do, I'll be I hate be saying critical. nice things about the Leafs, but I, I, I just yeah. can't agree with that. I, I don't just, either. Cool. Right, so, so let's move it along because otherwise we'll end up on the Leafs for the entire show. Yeah. But we don't want to do that anymore. Before Shout we, out Nick Paul. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Does it fuck all, baby. Nick Paul. Yeah. Before we move completely off of this, though, because this market and you guys have covered him, you know, I've watched him now for quite a while as the Leafs, uh, with the Leafs. Do you think Jason Spets is done? I think he could probably still play, but I don't think he would want to if if it's he, elsewhere. He won't leave Toronto. And I don't know, like, do you see him being a Leafs player next year? I thought through a lot of this season, maybe f- with the exception of the last two weeks, and I thought he was fine in the playoffs when he got in, I didn't think... I thought it looked like this year he was finally starting to lose his legs a little bit. I thought he was slowing down. For league men, he wasn't hurting you. Like I, If he wants to do that again, if they have the space, I would probably do it again. But I wouldn't be shocked if they go to him and say, you know, we need to call up Nick Robertson or something who's 950. Is oh, yeah. No, I, I would respect or, the decision by the Leafs to move on. I... I I've Spencer loved wants to play. I'd love to see what him. He's, and everyone made a huge deal throughout the playoffs about you know him talking to Campbell and the speech during, I guess it was game five, that he gave. Like He's bringing value even outside of his play. There were times this season where it looked like this guy might be hmm. spent. And so I wonder. I just, because uh, I, I don't think he'll leave Toronto. It's going to be with the Leafs or... 
Yeah, and that's uh, and that's my sense too. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I feel like too with like whatever they're going to sign him to, like you said, league minimum, a guy that's going to probably be in and out of the lineup throughout most of the year. If he wants to come back, he can. I'm sure that he's not going to do it. Do I feel like is he done? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I personally couldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if he was just like you know what I've just given it like four runs in a row because you go back to what is it Columbus? Yep. Was it when they played Columbus when He's he was their best player? Dean Kukin, yeah, to keep motivated guys. He, he was their best player, and it's like okay. And then since then they've you know he he came back and you know Montreal didn't work out. Yeah. All right, now this one it's like didn't work out again. It's like. I could see him being like, you know what, I've given it my all for a team that should have been a lot better than we have, and we haven't been able to do it, and I'm playing less. I think if he has the opportunity to come back with the Leafs, he comes back. Yeah, yeah. I think if I think it's, it's left fair. up to him, I think he'll be back. Yeah. I don't know whether the Leafs yeah. will do it. There's yeah. 10% chance he's like, you know what, I think it's a career. Yeah. Uh, the other one, as we sit here right now, we don't know what's going to happen in the uh, in the. Um, Flames, Stars, and Rangers, Penguins series so far. So those ones remain, uh, you know, unfinished. Which, outside of Toronto, Tampa, which series was most interesting to you? Have you been finding yourself gravitating towards, like, I got to check this out? Coming into it, for me, it was Landslide Wild Blues. Right. Uh, I was kind of disappointed by that series, just kind of like the start of the Leafs-Lightning series. It wasn't close. Like, each winner was winning by a a crooked score. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it would, ha- so going into it, that's what it was. It, it ended up being Rangers, Rangers, yeah, Penguins. That's been wild. And, and again, some of those games haven't been tight too, but game one, three overtimes. And then, uh, the game five at Madison square garden was the second period and beyond was like the best hockey. That's uh, when Crosby left. Yeah. New York scores two mm-hmm. or three right away. Then Pittsburgh scores right away again. And um, MSU's going bonkers. Yes. Like it was, it was an incredible. Yeah. Uh, Bundo, which one have you been? Uh, it was tough because there was a lot of good series, but I'm going to go to the uh, Edmonton Kings, even though it wasn't like the sexiest matchup. A lot of it was to see how the Oilers were going to play in the series. Right. You know, after a team that at one point in the season looked like they were going to miss the playoffs, how many post-game press conferences or pre-game or after practices did we see of a snappy or sni- like a pissy, a, a pissy Connor McDavid <laughs> or Leon Dreisaitl? It's like, all right, now you're going up against the Kings, and they're not world beaters, but they're a team that, you know, they pushed it to seven games, and, like, that was a series where I wasn't, expe- I wasn't sure what to expect, but I was curious to see the Edmonton Oilers. Can they get to that next level? Like, after their loss last year, in the first round, it's like, where are they going to be this year? Right? right? Like, that was a team that should have beaten the Winnipeg Jets last year who barely got into the yeah, playoffs, true, yeah. like in, in the bubble or whatever it was. Like, it's like, all right, like, let's see how they're going to do this year. Um, you know, they went out and they, you know, they fired their coach. They brought in uh, Evander Kane. They came in here. It's like, I was curious to see how they would play. And then seeing the way that they played in game seven with, especially Connor McDavid, 97 was something Fuck. else. But at the same time, it was he just was like, that fire. looked like a team that was desperate and was sick and tired of losing in the first round. Yeah. Um, but no, so that was that was one I think I, I watched a good amount of it, and a lot of it was because it was always right after the Leafs game, so it would give me time to you know decompress. But uh, at the same time, I was very much intrigued to see how McDavid and the Oilers would handle that series. I didn't have time to get into Colorado-Nashville before it was over. Um, that Avalanche team is scary as hell, especially yeah. uh, if Nazem Kadri is going to restrain himself from being suspended for the remainder of the of the uh, of the playoffs. I got right into um, the the Rangers and Penguins as well. And yeah, that Edmonton-LA series got more and more interesting as it went on. Yeah. When it became clear LA wasn't going to go away, 
you were like, oh my god, is this is this going to happen? Because it was almost similar to Toronto, where it was like Edmonton can't keep wasting prime years of these guys. Yeah. Only to me, LA is obviously a weaker opponent than than Tampa Bay was, and so you're like, are they really going to piss this away? And yeah, McDavid comes through with a monster performance in, in Game Seven. Uh, to me, that series got really interesting. And as we sit here now, like I said, we don't know how this panned out. The good listener will already know, but uh, well, we it looks need... like Tristan Jari is being dropped. I think in we already know for Game Seven <laughs> after not playing for weeks. We for the need Penguins. the the Flames to take care of business. We do. We <laughs> all want, this. and we all know they're nobody not, wants right? Dallas yeah. Edmonton. <laughs> no, nobody no wants, one wants to see, to see Dallas. any more Dallas Stars no. hockey. And, and if if the Flames win. And and okay, who cares who wins this Rangers Penguins game? You got you got no because honestly you got either, you got either Carolina Pittsburgh or Carolina New York. Sign mm-hmm. me up. You got yeah. Battle of Florida. Uh, that might have been that the series of the playoffs last, last year. Season, yeah. So there's two. You got Colorado St. Louis. Uh, I'm real bullish on the Blues. I, I think that that they're one of the best teams in the league, and that that's going to be an awesome series. And even made, if it's not, they're going to push Colorado. Yeah, and yeah. even if they don't, if Colorado wins in four, then it's like, okay, Colorado's it's on a mission. See the smoke but there's show, a series. Yeah. And then Battle of Alberta, you got four 10 out of 10 series. Sign me up. I'm ready to go. We don't want Dallas moving Dallas, on. Dallas, go home, Dallas. No, unless you just hate Calgary or whatever. <laughs> but in terms of like non-rooting interest, and you just want a sexy matchup. It's Battle of Alberta all day. Have we seen that later, Dallas? Even though you have. When was the last Battle of Alberta? Can you guys remember? It's got to be back to like ninety or eighty nine or something like that. Like we haven't seen that in decades. Remember at the top of the show, you asked like embarrassing on air moments or whatever. Yes. Not being prepared for this for me. Well, is... I'm just throwing questions at you. Why could <laughs> yeah. I possibly expect you to know that? I should, <laughs> just, right? We're doing yeah. a radio show yeah. here. Yeah, it's been a while, absolutely. And and I think the thing is, as we all know, however, ever, we all want the Battle of Alberta, but it's just not going to happen. I, like, I, I'm... So badly wanting that to just—you're just here to rain on the whole parade today, aren't you? No, like I just—I just... <laughs> feel like that's all we've heard about since we knew Game Seven was happening, and it's like, all right, now Edmonton's won. It's like now it can actually happen. So it's like, oh wow, now all we have to do is wait on Calgary, and it's like here comes Dallas with a six-one win, and it's like, oh okay, cool. Now this doesn't happen, but no, I, stylistically, I... <laughs> this Battle of Alberta would be fascinating, right? The high-flying, oh, run-and-gun Edmonton Oilers versus Daryl Sutter's lock it down. Nobody gets anything. Mm-hmm. Calgary Flames like not to say that Flames team doesn't have talent I think all three guys on that top line ended up with 100 points yeah um so it, it would still be a barn burner of a series but even just the style clash I like I badly I, I plus I don't want to see that I want to see I'm waiting to confirm but I I, I think the last time was 91 that I, sounds about right was born like it was in that era okay <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't know to me I, that's what I'm at this point um, you know the, the two Florida teams. That'll be good hockey, but that's going to be tough for me to watch just personally. Oh, right? I'm, I'm, I'm super. <laughs> that might be that. That if it's not Battle of, uh, of uh, Alberta, that that'll be the one I want to watch the most because I remember watching. What bothered me so much last year was the Battle of Florida was uh, was in the first round, right? And the first game was just as ballistic. Yeah, it was like it, seven five or something. Oh, stupid. but it was there was fights, there was yes. hits, there was everything going on, and it was just like holy cow! Like this is the series where it's like you we, there was a bit of hype heading into it, like pretty decent amount of hype, and I think that would have been in the one series I was super excited to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it lived up to the expectations. Last, you know, few games weren't as exciting as you wanted them to be, but with the hits, the fights, it was crazy. And it's like, I just wish this was not a first round matchup. Right. And it turned now it's going to be a second round. So I'm cool with that. Same with uh, the Battle of Alberta. I'm also here for uh, the Brady Kachuk wearing, you know, Mac Kachuk troll and jerseys yeah. and drinking Michelobes with Keith and trying to get his attention. What was and, happening here in, uh, I think it was. Was it him and Josh Norris? Oh man, doing karaoke at the karaoke uh, downtown yeah. down at uh, what was Crown it? Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Those guys looked like they were enjoying their Saturday. Mr. Brightside, baby. Put yeah. that that on. was right after a Leaf game, was it not? Yeah, right after the loss of the Leafs, the yeah. overtime loss. And I get it. It's Saturday night. You, you're done work. Head off and unwind like anybody else. But uh, I, I was blown away when I saw that video. Especially all those guys. It. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean just the Sens. Like everyone, especially Canadian division. Like you've had... Two years from hell yes. with the restrictions and all that. Like, mm. yeah, I have. Ontario, and, and they're out of, they've been out of it since November. So I have no problem with them celebrating, like, or not celebrating, but yeah. enjoying themselves after a loss, like, whatever. If that was, if that was a playoff game, you well, you'd no, never see it. But right. something like that, whatever. No, yeah. I have. That's unreal. We I, and Brady's we're begging popped up for in a few like places that. like oh. that since then, right? What a, what a legend! The well, they were on the road the next day too. Like that was a very like not. I don't want to call it super random, but they went to Seattle the next day. Right? They were in. They played Toronto here. They in played Ottawa. maybe their worst game of the year. Yeah, and then they took off. <laughs> Perhaps related. Yeah, they took off for Seattle. <laughs> maybe. maybe. And it was just like, and then that video came out too. And it's like, man, they went out after a Leafs game, and then they were traveling the next day too. Right. So it's just like that's good for them to just do that and have that kind of fun and, and just be a different team. Yeah, there was only like. Like a week or two left in the season, like, oh, yeah. yeah, it was done. No, and, and, and it's and it's, yeah, there's you know you could look at it in a sense of wow, like they lost and they're out going out and partying towards the end of the year, and it's like you look at it in a sense of like just the the love and the and how much fun that Brady Kachuk just has. All the I, time. I didn't see, and I'm unf- I'm I'm dangerously tied into Sen's Twitter with where I live <laughs> and the number of people I follow and whatever. I didn't see many people dumping on them like you would have back in the day, right? No. Oh, they're prof- you know, that's unprofessional and you can't be We had like a whatever. couple of texts in the next like we were discussing it. I worked the uh, the Seattle pregame and postgame show when we were mm-hmm. talking about. There's a couple like I'd say maybe let's just say 2 out of 200 right. that were like, "Oh, you don't like to see that after a loss." And it's like, "Okay, okay whatever." Which <laughs> like I said, you're never going to get away from those people and no. it's it is what it is, but at the same time Ottawa's in that spot right now where they should have been, you know, maybe a couple steps higher than they were in a like fighting for a playoff spot or you know in the playoffs. Like they should have been a bit better than they were this year. They shouldn't have been in the exact same spot. But at the same time, it's like they're still a team that I mean, if this was two years from now, yeah, I could see you want to get mad at them. But they're still very young in a team that you know had season a season was over. Yeah, season was over. Things. It's it's like I don't want to hear that if you're going to really complain. They played Go fifty on. games in ninety nine days. They had COVID. Yeah. And injuries. A thousand and, reasons why yeah, that. Yeah, right. it's it's go let loose. Relax. Place. Yeah, relax. Uh, well, you bring up the sends, and uh, we can certainly get into that. I'm curious though. Uh, I, you know, it's it's time for another beer. What we all go with for round two here? Oh man, I went to the fridge that you, you produce with so much in there, and I went with a market brewing company given the circumstances. West Coast IPA. It's got a big bear on it with a house. It's purple. And I was like, you know what, six point five strong beer. Let's give it a whirl. So that was one I was looking at as possibly one to drink during Game Seven. Obviously, I didn't. And sort of a, you know, given the circumstances, I could use six point five percent right now, a little extra on that. So uh, didn't end up doing that. I'm back to uh, back in town here, back in Ottawa with uh, Broadhead, and uh, this is an oak aged IPA, which again I don't think I've ever 
tried before. Uh, Broadhead, if I'm being honest, the stuff that I like from there, I like. If I don't, there's not much I'm indifferent on. I either like it or I, I don't care for it. So uh, we'll see what this one's all about. But it comes in at 6%, an oak-aged IPA. What about you there, Creech? Yeah, I went with the Zodiac Omnipolo again. I It's one that I toss in every now and then. Like, it's usually if I'm at the LC, I'll get one or two of those as I'm grabbing a bunch that I haven't tried before. And again, the first time I ever tried that. Uh, was straight up the branding, the the black can with the the alien <laughs> kind of logos all over it. I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And then I sipped it and I was like, yeah, oh, this is delicious. Right. Uh, so that's what I'm going with at the moment. All right. I love that you called it the LC too. The LC. Yeah, I remember it's... dropping that on on the radio years back, and people laughing at me because I short formed the LCBO to LC, which is already a short which form. Is, it's, a tra- <laughs> it's, it, it's a trailer park How voice. How easy thing. is our call generation? It the LC. Oh, yeah. is it? A, and it is okay. a trailer park it, boys thing. It's for a you. huge okay. trailer park boys See, thing. I, I didn't know. I'm not yeah. a trailer park. Hey, Ryan, you're gonna go down to the tra- the LC for me? <laughs> yeah. Quickest directions to the LC. <laughs> Quickest directions. I don't know why everyone's LC. in a rush. The LC's open till ten. <laughs> I think it's exactly. There was a crash outside the uh, LCBO somewhere one time, and that's what someone put in the traffic when we would produce the afternoon show. Yeah. We would have to, you know, get it. It's like, oh, there's an accident. So I said, I don't know why everyone's hurrying to the LC. It's open till ten, <laughs> and then people were like, Why would you call it the LC? <laughs> so just the fact that Creed lighting up back, the re- you got the text smile. line, people chirping you. You got a smile out of me. Um, nice. Look, we we talked about the sends there briefly and, and what lies ahead. I don't want to spend a ton of time on them because they've been irrelevant since November, but there, there's been some news here. Until last night where it was everyone getting sends. Honest to God. Nick Paul, Cody yeah, Cece. Everybody grasping at relevance. Um, <laughs> I get it. Everyone wants to see the blue team go down, so fair enough. Uh, Both teams are no longer playing. It is going to be a fascinating offseason, though, between what may or may not happen in terms of ownership, but certainly another high draft pick with a uh, getting number seven there uh, in the draft lottery, whenever that, which I believe was the spot they were already yeah. slotted in. Um, I don't know whether you guys think that pick might be in play to bring in something new, uh, you know. I think a lot of people thought the Senators were going to turn the corner this year and start heading in the right direction. And and they did have a better second half of the year, but they got off to another terrible start. And I just can't possibly imagine that DJ Smith can afford another start like that. What are you guys looking for or expecting out of this offseason? And what is a reasonable expectation for this team next year? Yeah, reasonable expectation, I believe. Was the probably should be what they were this year, which is a team that's you know right there making the playoffs, like you know a team that should be competing every single night and not. I think the thing we've seen a lot with DJ Smith and the Ottawa Senators is there's, there's a couple nights where they they just play so good, like they're not. I wouldn't say they're the soup the most super inconsistent team because I think Toronto has that uh, no doubt. But if you look at the way that they've played, is they do need to find that depth and consistency. They dealt with a lot of injuries. A couple COVID outbreaks, schedule moves, yep. like like a hundred reasons why they were a team that shouldn't have made the playoffs this year. They pretty much checked every single box on that. They're the young guys are progressing. I think they're a team that now needs to start loading up 
with the right guys around them. Because you look at teams like Toronto and, you know, the one thing I look at is they don't have a lot of guys that have been there and done that on that Toronto team. And you look at guys like Jake Muzzin's a, a cup winner, but you look around the rest of that roster and there's a couple other guys that might've been role players somewhere else, but there's not a lot of te- guys there that have the pedigree of winning and have been there and done that. So right. I think that's a, it's a team where, you know, there's the go get Claude Giroux, there's a go get the Fialas and go get, like they're a team that Neither I think those guys have won either. Yeah. So expectation wise, <laughs> Like I feel like they like take that first round pick if they want it and trade it for someone big. What are you going to get? Where are you going to go with it? I'm curious to see. But no matter what, this is a team that I, I don't know about you, Creech, but this is a team that has to be you know flirting with the playoffs. Yeah, I think they need to be, at least be like what Vancouver was this year, like in mm-hmm. in the picture until the last couple weeks of the season. I think you mentioned DJ's job in jeopardy, Pierre Dorian for sure. Yes, and that's not. Um, Ownership speculation aside, of course, because that that could change things. But sure. Um, but yeah, if they if they have a similar season to the one they had this year, the, uh, those guys both have to be their jobs have to be in question for sure. And, and they know that just the way they've talked is is they know that it's fair to judge them on that next year. I do think they'll be better just through osmosis. Like forget the progression of the young core pieces because um, I think that we've already seen that. I think they're going to be better by subtraction. I think getting guys off the like Josh Brown was never a healthy scratch. He's he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> right. If they, I'm not even trying to take runs at guys. No. I just think the. But I like if, that. That if, was the first name. Him. If, if Nikita Zaitsev <laughs> is gone, like, yeah. like if it, just through eliminating those those players, I, I think they'll be better. Um, same thing up front. Like I, Chris just, Tierney yeah, I had, had a decent career, but he won't be a part of the the picture. Um, going forward next year, so I, I think just through through that aside, they should be better. They, they need goaltending. I think I think at the very least, Anton Forsberg can can split forty games at least as a number one. And if you get a healthy Matt Murray, then then they should be okay between the pipes. Like I don't know if they're a playoff team, but they Would should you deal be Gustafson much better in that case. Pardon me. Would you deal? Gustafson I, I start in that with case? three goalies, and because okay. I I. I I liked what I saw from Murray um, yeah. after being recalled, but you can't count on him being healthy. So right. I'd roll with three. I, th- I do think they need another top six forward, and I I think they need a top four D too. Although I I don't know where they stand on that. I don't like. Do they believe Travis Travis Hamanick is Oof. is a top four D? I, I think they do. Um, I, I think they incorrect. need to upgrade on that, anyways. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I think we well, got Hammonick, Jake Sanderson coming in. Yeah, He's so going to exactly. Make a so like they will naturally just be better based on better players being in the lineup next year. I think if Hamannick ends up being a third pairing guy and you add in the top four, then they're going to be better. But I don't know if that they're going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 we'll see what happens. You asked. I think the question was you asked is number seven in play. I think it's I think it's dealt. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would. I think it depends on the player, but I think they're dealing that pick. Like yeah. I, I can't see them not. Dealing I think that I pick. would too. You've been kind of, you have a bunch of really good young talent already in the system, and you can always use more. But this might be a time if you could find a top six winger, right, or somebody to stabilize and play with Jake Sanderson that isn't Travis Hamanick, something like that. I and it would probably take more than the seven to get that done. But if you could find a move like that that fills a spot right now when you're hoping to turn the corner mm-hmm. instead of a guy who might be a couple years away, as most most picks are. I, I think I would be looking at, you know, I'm not going out and advertising, I can't wait to trade this pick, but I would absolutely be looking around to see what it would be worth. Yeah. No, and they're a team, too, where 
they have so many great young prospects and it's like I get the pressure was on this this past season and the team took some some chirps because of it because Pierre Dorian when he signed that three year contract in September went out and said that this isn't like the rebuild yeah the rebuild is over we're we're a playoff we're pushing for the playoffs like he put that kind of weight on the team in September yeah it became an easy punching bag and it did And, and it's a spot where maybe he shouldn't have said that because even if they didn't have the the outcome that they had this year, especially with injuries and COVID, it's like I, I don't know that they were a team that was going to be 100% you know, a playoff competitive, like he just put a lot of pressure on a young team, maybe ahead of where they should have been. And a lot happened, but the the biggest things that happened this year for the Ottawa Senators were mainly positives and seeing guys like Drake Batherson cement himself as like an absolute top, like, you know, top line player. Josh Norris becomes a 40 goal guy. Yeah, seriously. Seeing that Brady Kachuk get his contract signed and, and now he's in a spot. Like if they can sign Josh Norris, like I think that's almost bigger than going out and trading, you know, to bring in someone that we don't know who it is going to be, but it, it just you know bringing in whoever it is. I think just signing Josh Norris to a contract extension that keeps him here for the next, uh, I'll put six, yep, you know, seven eight years in Ottawa is going to be bigger than you know bringing in like yeah they could bring in some like I don't know who they'll bring in if they could like pry a huge piece from you know a cup contending team because of cap circumstances and whatnot with that seventh pick that'd be There's awesome your Marner trade yeah seriously maybe they could bring in a guy like Mitch Marner <laughs> go I ahead I don't know what I want off your yeah. roster for that guy no but it's just I feel like that's the stuff like a lot of the positives this year was the Drake Batherson contract the Brady Kachuk contract and then you know seeing the way that they performed and guys like Travis Hamnick, you brought up a great like a great name there, but he's the guy too that when he was traded, like it was it was it a third and a, it was a third third round pick, yeah. third round pick, and it's just like what the hell was yep. this trade? It was eviscerated, and it's like you know what he seemed right away to be an instant core guy, like he he fit in perfectly with that team. It was like Nick Holden kind of thing where you brought in a guy where it's there was very little, and I think there was a lot more negativity towards a guy like uh, Hamnick completely uh, to a guy like Holden. But it's like this guy, what's the value here? And it's like, you know what? This is a right shot defenseman that showed up, and it seems like the guys loved them. And it just. He uh, definitely seemed to fit in yeah. with the group. So, like uh, popularity wise. I, I don't like him as a player at this point. I think his best days are behind. I don't think him, he's top four, like we all think, no. agree on that. But I think he's a guy that's good to have in your in your. I, I don't six. love the trade. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't love the third round pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's reasons that I don't like it. But if he ends up being a third parent guy he's an upgrade on what they had last year yeah um i think the like that was josh norris's full year full first mm-hmm. first full year in the league because he, he played yeah he played a full year last year but it was the bubble hockey 56 games uh drake batherson didn't play a full year because some minor league goaltender took his legs out when he was uh proven that he was an all-star in this league tim stutzla first full year in the league um so Alex Formanton, first full year in the league. Artem Zub, like they, all those guys are getting better. Like I, I honestly think this is going to be a good team next year. Like by good, I mean like in the mix for potentially points. a playoff spot. It's a huge gap. Eh? The gap between the top four and the bottom four in both oh, Eastern divisions. They, they need to add, and they prove that they don't have the depth this year because at the end, like the last twenty games of the year, Adam Gadet is yeah. is a, a second line player, and like. Again, I'm not trying to harp on the player, but when you have a guy that was claimed on waivers, waivers. being your uh, a top six player for 20-plus games, that shows the depth that you don't have. Right. Uh, Shane Pinto coming. like They should yeah. come back next year and roll out 
they, that's what they figured out this year that Stutzla's a center. Stutzla, Norris, Pinto, and then if it ends up being Mark Kastelik as your four cent, like they're 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 looking good up the middle. So you expect Colin White to be gone? Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. at least a winger for what nah, he'll be traded. Yeah. But like, yeah, and you bring up Pinto is a great point too. Is like heading into the year that what they needed to add was a top four defenseman and a top six, like they in a, in a top six centerman is what uh, I believe we heard uh, you know the late Eugene say heading into off season last year, and they never added that top six forward in the, right. the the stress and I think not the stress. I don't know him personally, but. There was a lot of pressure put on to Shane Pinto to be that second line centerman, which this is a guy that flashed some greatness yep. coming out of North Dakota, but hasn't seen a lot of hockey. So to have him as your second line center, which then turned into, you know, in a way, him getting injured, worked into Tim Stutzla being put to a second line center role at one point early, you know, after. Yeah, I think a, if you're rolling Pinto out next year between Formanton and Brown on a third line, I think you're yeah. pretty that's a happy good third with that. That's exactly. a good third line. Like, that, exactly. That's why I think this team will be better next year. They still yeah. need to add, like, they, they still need, whether it's Formanton or Joseph or Brown or whoever comes down, like, I think they need a legitimate top six forward yeah. on Goal any score. team in the league. Yeah. Right. And that person comes in, and if it's a left winger or it's a right winger or whatever, and then someone, Joseph slides down or Brown slides down or Formington slides down, all of a sudden, like, your third line's pretty good. Yep. And if it's Parker Kelly and Mark Kastelik and Austin Watson, like, all of a sudden, like, that's an okay fourth line. Like, and yeah. the coach will love it. Yes. Like, they need they need to add depth. And uh, and they will just through, as I said, getting Pinto in, getting Sanderson in, uh, guys like that. But they need to add. Right. And if they do, then like I, I if they if they add a legit top six forward, and I'm not going to say the D because I, I don't think they're looking for it. I, I think they think Hamannick's the top four D. But I if they add a legit top six forward, I think like why could this team not be in ninth or tenth? Like why? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they they should be, and they we sh- got to expect Boston's going to start to fall back towards the pack. Like they're sort of Especially, aging out yeah. a little bit. You would think. Uh, we'll I see. agree with that. Yeah. So you know, we still respect them, but yeah, they're getting older. And but instead and of having to make Bergeron up thirty and, points, and, yeah. Yeah. if they're Bergeron's falling back a little, maybe you only have to make up twenty or whatever. Like Nick I, Backstrom was talking today about not knowing about his future. Like maybe I know Washington's a hundred point team, but but still, may, they're getting older yep. and like. There, there are things that can happen. I'm not saying they're a playoff. Yeah, team, it's not entirely on the. I'm not if they're to find ten more. If wins. they are in the lottery next year, it's that's it's a, a gong show, and there need to be major changes, <laughs> yes, and there will be. Like it, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Do either of you guys? And it's funny because we didn't even bring this up when we started speaking about the Leafs earlier. But the, I think everybody could agree. Probably the biggest thing that happened this week in hockey was it this week was Barry Trotz, yeah, right, getting fired in the island, and so many people last night were putting the Toronto's biggest yep. get is going to be Barry Trotz, <laughs> Barry Trotz, and you. Look at it in a sense from the Ottawa Senators, and where that I'm wondering how many people are sold on DJ Smith. And there was already I've seen a couple Suns fans being like, "Let's get after him, Barry Trotz." And it's like, yeah, I Barry Trotz isn't coming on. I was going to say that's not something, but for a guy like you know, but Barry, yes, I do that if I had the option. Yeah, I'd do yeah. That. of course, most no, teams I would. Mean, there are no disrespect there. to DJ Smith, <laughs> right? But we're the, talking about a top three coach in the league. Yeah, yeah. The, like, op- it, the options there for Ottawa, he won't come. I don't believe he feels that this is a team to to do that. But that's the kind of guy. Like I think DJ Smith. Has I don't want to say he's run his course, but he's he's kind of running on fumes. I think this year to start the year uh, as a guy that his 
I think his job, I don't want to say is done, but they he's can't gonna, get off to a bad start. But they yeah. can't get off to a bad start. But this is also a team too where he's made some coaching errors throughout mm-hmm. the year where it's it's kind of head scratching and it's like, oh man, like well, yeah, you I'm got not Derek sure. step on in the lineup or Yeah, you, you go know. there's lots over the last couple of years yeah. where and it's just like okay and I think the guys like DJ and they play for DJ yeah. and I'm willing to give DJ a, a season or a start to the season oh, yeah. because because to be fair, and and who knows if it was his want and desire or or the management group or what, but be, we just talked about the lack of depth they have. And last mm-hmm. year, like not this past season that just happened, but the bubble hockey season, <laughs> they 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 played several games. They got off to two twelve and one start, and they had several games where Good Branson, Coburn, yep. terrible, Josh Brown, and Nikita Zaitsev were four of the sixty. Mm-hmm. Like and, and and Derek Stepan at two C. Derek Stepan and Chris like, Tierney. What are you doing? And, yeah, <laughs> Tim Stutzel started his career playing with Stepan and Tierney, right. and, and like so. So I got to give DJ an opportunity here to to play have a roster with better players. Yeah. Even though, like, I think he's I think he's a Josh Josh Brown's one of his guys. I think I think that uh, Zaitsev might be one of his guys. So, Zaitsev's for sure one of his yes. guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's there's part of that where it's like I I, I understand there's a connection here, but may, like you, is this part your own doing? But I like I'm I, he needs to. I think he deserves an opportunity to have a better roster, which he, he will may have. yet turn out though to be like a lot of teams. The guys have. like him. He may yet though turn out to be the guy that you have while you're bottoming out, and when it's time to yeah, turn the oh, corner, he easily could yeah, be. and you bring in Especially the next they, guy. They yeah. Start out. yeah, you cannot they, have this year one like they did stars. the last two, right? Well, and that, and that's why I brought up like it's it wasn't a, a direct. Do they need to go hunt down Barry Trotz? But it was more of DJ Smith. Is he the guy? Like you know, we can. And we, when you look at the Leafs or any of these teams, when we're trying to analyze and and we go forward with them, is where do I believe Ottawa's in a spot where everyone is in place to to make the playoffs? No, no I'm not. not I'm not a hundred percent sold on DJ Smith. Like you said, from a lot of the lineup, it's like I want to see him with a fully healthy lineup and where they go. How yeah. does this team play? I want to see. Uh, but it's almost it's hard to say it's always going to happen though because there's not always going to be you know a start to the year where everyone's healthy and the team plays well and mm-hmm. you know something. Oh yeah, doesn't and happen. let's not be mistaken. I'm not. This isn't a criticism of DJ, hmm. but everyone uses the excuse about COVID and injuries. This mm-hmm. team was shit in the bed before that yeah, happened. That's right. They got smacked <laughs> by the Chicago Blackhawks before they were running into injury and COVID problems. When Chicago, Chicago was the worst team in the league in their before. first win, right? Was it not their first win of the year? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think yeah, they were was, like 0-7-1. That's right. Or yeah, they got off to that horrible first start. win of the year. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So, so, so the problems were there before yep. injury. Like, and that's where the, the red flag injury is, yeah. and COVID are a reason, not an excuse. Yeah, they're legit. They happened and they yeah. hurt the Sens. Yeah, they and the, the Islanders. Only, for they sure. were not the only reason. Yeah. But so, yeah, it wasn't the only reason. The it, lack of depth, the goaltending, the is this, there, the that. Is there any team other than Tampa? That, and I'm not saying everyone should automatically do that, but is there anyone other than Tampa that you would say for sure isn't, like, that Barry Trotz wouldn't be an upgrade for? Like, is John Cooper the only guy in the league where you'd go, I'm not firing John Cooper for Barry Trotz? Like, I, I have a hard time going any further around the league and going, I think that guy's better than Barry Trotz. Mike Sullivan, maybe? Mike Sullivan would be on the list. Yeah, he's done some big and, things. And I'm not saying Barry's not better than Mike but, I but I'm not turning around. If I'm and Pittsburgh, my I'm not guy. like, yeah, no. goodbye, Mike Sullivan. No. Here comes like I would no, I not you. fire Mike yeah. Sullivan for yeah. But it's it's a short list. Like it's a short list that I don't know what's about to happen 
with the Leafs. I heard all the same buzz you guys did on Twitter, and right now that's all it is, is Twitter. What? But Barry Trotz has a far better resume than Sheldon Keefe. See, if, that's... If yeah. MLSE forces them to make a move... And I, I don't would... dislike Sheldon. <laughs> no. But if, if Bundo's talking about major changes, I would much prefer, if I were a Leaf fan... F- Firing Keith for trots than trading Mitch Marner. Uh, 100%. Like Sorry, Pondo, but I'm the same Why can't we have both? No, I don't want to do both. <laughs> Why are you trading Marner? Yeah. Man, because the guy doesn't do anything with oh. the matter. Oh, I just, we don't need to get back into that. But no, no I, and I'm on, I'm on board with but both. The, like, give me both. Like, if the Leafs are a team where they are in a spot where they need something to happen. And hey, maybe, and I saw people last night saying this was Toronto's or Tampa's, you know, four zip sweep from Columbus and they ran it back the next year and yep. they won the cup, whatever it is. Um, you could use those but excuses they all the time. The so. Leafs did get a lot of respect in the handshake line. Apparently. Yeah, I heard that what from Sheldon Keefe. terrible quote. And, and there's something that Ugh. bothers me so much about Sheldon Keefe too is that he has this kind of way of calling his team out, but he does it in ways that like he's doing it backhandedly. And I just, I, I don't like Sheldon Keefe very much. Um, I, I don't know. He's Kyle's I, guy. Bunda's got the, the pitchfork. Seriously, Bunda's today. looking for changes. Man, I get you know that, what? Man. Fire Dubis. Well, sends Hiram. Here we go. I don't even he know. Coach's what I, favorite team. I don't or, even know. Uh, <laughs> but does it GM not, his favorite team. It does it not feel like that all that this team has done, the, the Maple Leafs, the last few years, has been go after exactly what we were just talking about with DJ Smith? Is like it's all Dubis's like old guys. Like the from, Leafs need Babcock. Yeah, they, like, oh, stop, <laughs> Babs. Stop. Fuck like, that. I, just go out and, and actually make a move where it's like why don't you make a list a, of all the reasons a former Panda, you're like Sue Greyhound. I came in with there the, has like, been too many Greyhounds I don't I'm, I've been saying too many nice things about the Leafs because of you I don't like this like what hey, is man, going I'm just, on I'm being straight like it's just they're 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 a team that needs a change and you know what for Marner he could put up all the points he wants I'm just like I need a guy that wants to win the playoffs and I don't know. I just haven't seen that next level from him that needs to do that. So if they they need to trade him and bring in Barry Trotz, go ahead. Like they need to shake up. I would get the team and then bring in Barry Trotz yeah. would be my playbook. But uh, let, let's not get back down the Maple Leafs. Yes. No, uh, but yeah, I just like the way when you look at Ottawa and, and the coach. I think might be almost a bigger question mark. You could look at people have brought up Pierre Dorian and what are they going to be able to do for the Ottawa Senators' future? Though I look at a guy like uh, like I said, DJ Smith, and it's like he might be. My my biggest question mark of that team taking that next step because, like Creech, I believe that uh, I, all I of give these... more DJ more credit right now than than Pierre, and I'm not trying to. Well, I just hammer the natural on Pierre. Talent, I just mean the natural talent and the prospects with the like and the drafting. Like I'm giving like you know Pierre Dory on the the drafting draft and development. The Sens have been pretty good. Exactly. I don't think, but I don't think I'm being particularly insightful to say that the, at the pro level they've been bad. Oh, they've yes, been terrible. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and that's why I'm. I'm giving my DJ my endorsement over over Pierre. This is right. five years out of the postseason. And I, I know that you it's mm-hmm. a rebuild, but yeah. there hasn't been enough they, there have been too many veterans brought in that have provided little. Like right. very, very little. Or it's just is it just not weird too seeing guys like Good Branson like play here in Ottawa and just it didn't seem like he was a fit at all and then he goes to a team like Calgary. No, and it's he's... not weird. You know why? <laughs> because Good Branson was treated as a number two here and in Calgary he's treated as a number like six, six which he should yeah. be. But yeah. he's also like 
like it's just like light years different. Like it just seems like a different defender. Where it's like he's just wow, surrounded by a better team. But yeah, but it's like this guy's actually a competent defender, and it's like he plays the system well. And it's like okay, well, what was happening here in Ottawa? They were that- playing him thirty minutes. Thomas Shabbat. That's what's happening. Yes, yes. Because Thomas Shabbat can play twenty eight minutes does not mean good Branson. I rhymed this off earlier. Good Branson, Zaitsev, Josh Brown. Braden Colburn. Awful. We're four of your six defensemen Awful. for a good chunk that of the start terrible. of the year. I love Braden Colburn back in the day. Yeah. Good Branson, like when he was a world a junior. <laughs> Those are four of your six. Yeah. That was yeah. awful. And that's why everyone at the beginning or uh, midway through last season, like, oh, you love Branstrom so much. I'm like, I don't love Branstrom. He's just skating at the senseplex, <laughs> not playing. Meanwhile, there's Four defensemen who can't move the puck or get the puck out of their own end. Let's see something different. The team is two twelve and one. That was my whole point. I wasn't well, so I've in been love with Eric Brandstrom. I don't know if DJ Smith is or not. Let me ask you guys quickly before we move off the Sens. Yes or no, Brandstrom plays more than 41 games for the Ottawa Senators next year. I say no because I, I, I personally and think that they are right there of making a big deal where it's a seventh and maybe and they have something and I feel like they have enough the problem is is I don't know where he slots and I don't see him as a five on the left side and I know that they've put him on the right side and they've tried to move him around a bit to get him I just don't see him fitting naturally on the right side when they have guys like JBD uh, you know Braden Habenick Zub yeah. uh, Zaitsev like all these other guys I just like I feel like he's an outlier where there's other prospects to put so I, I feel like this is the off season where he potentially gets moved so I'm going to say less Creech I'm going to say less because, I, yeah, I, I think he's part of a package. Um, Maybe with that seven that goes out to something Yeah, else. whatever it ends up being, I, I think he's moved in a deal to acquire something else. Mm-hmm. And this isn't me being anti-Eric Brandstrom. I, I think that he can – I think he's a he can be a top 6D on this team right now. I think in the future you probably don't want him to be. Right. Um, but right now he – he he can provide an element that not everyone else on the current blue line mm-hmm. can, but I think he probably gets moved in some deal or another. Whether it it's a soft deal like a Hima for Zadina, or if he's in a package with the seven and plus or whatever, just a few years ago that he and Zadina would Zadina's be available. Fill the net. Right? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm with. I you. think he's gone. I think I'm. I think I agree. I don't see where he fits, and I've been. He could no. He could fit next year. Next year, I think he could fit. I don't think DJ likes him very much. I. I don't think he trusts him. I. I've been one of those guys who, you know, living here and running a show here, I have to watch an awful lot of Ottawa Senators hockey. Have to sound like a closet fan over here. Mm. I've been getting that a lot on Twitter. <laughs> Because I, I got no Greg. As I look around uh, the room and I see, I, I said something. Trish Stratus in a Leafs jersey. That's and, good looking. And that's is, a good look. Is that a Raptors her. jersey as yeah, well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't think he's switching anytime uh, soon. Not as long as Trish is still in the blue and white. Um, the thing that I, I said on this show a while ago was that I think in the end Josh Norris will be a better player than Nick Suzuki, and I agree. Unfortunately, that led the city of Montreal to lean into me on Twitter. You fucking sense Homer. You <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? So I, I oh, do. I, it wasn't just you. It wasn't just you. So I watched a lot of sends and I've thought, 
you just needed to give that guy more opportunity. Brandstrom, I mean, right? And he was the big piece coming back for Mark Stone. And, and so you don't want to give up on it. It's going to click. It's going to be there. And it just hasn't yet. And I part of that, I think, is ice time. No, but it's, part of that is DJ. I don't think trusts them, and I, I, I'm sort of with you guys. I, I, I think there can two things can be true. I, I think a, I don't, I don't think, I think it's pretty fair to say that DJ prefers his his defenseman with with size, yep. and and I think that's fair. I think if, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, you want your your defense to be pretty big, Hard but they also against. have to be mobile. Yeah. They have to be mobile. You can't have guys that. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing Josh too. Brown. Josh Brown. <laughs> I didn't see him be mean once in yeah. a Senator's yeah, jersey. What is for it the most part. Here? It was always so, hard to play against, is the way DJ yeah. always worded it. So but I it was for funny. Brandstrom, it's hard to play. With. My take on Brandstrom, and I, <laughs> I'm not anti Brandstrom. Yeah. I just don't. I don't think his skill is elite enough to make up for the deficiencies in his game and body type. I think he, I think he can be a top six in a scenario, whether it's in Ottawa or I can speak Minnesota or whatever. In my body type. It's, it's I, like <laughs> he, he's a small dude. He takes a lot of contact, yeah. and and he doesn't provide certain coaches with with like what they are looking for and boxing out and being physical and all that. Right. Which you don't That's have to. That's a DJ to. Smith thing. You don't have to, but your talent has to be elite enough. Mm. To, to have the coaches trust to be in the lineup all the time. And I, I think he gained a little bit of DJ's. I think he – I'm not saying DJ's anti-Brandstrom. I, I think he can I be he in the lineup. I'm saying it. <laughs> I, I just he, – he, it's not like an Eric Carlson we're talking about. No. It's not like a guy – like, well, okay, you, he was given this opportunity with Shabbat out, and he didn't produce very much. Yeah. So I, I don't know if the offensive talent is best suited – for a top four role in the NHL. And this is, again, some people might think that I'm attacking him here, but I'm not. Like, I, I just... Well, and the Sens are in a spot, too, where they're in, they're very... They're in, like, a good defensive, like, kind of roster turnover where we're starting to see a lot of these young guys come into the Brown's lineup. Brown's gone and, DG, and Zaitsev might be? Bur- is that but what you're both, saying? Yeah, but then you look at guys like Jake Sanderson, who Sens fans didn't get a chance to see, even though they burned that year of his contract, but he's going to be in that two spot right behind Shabbat on the yep. left-hand side, presumably. Unless something goes drastically wrong, right. I assume he's going to be there too on the Which left side. Which you can side. pretty much bank on. Then you still have guys like Nick Holden, right? Yep. Who's He's going to be back. I assume he's going to be somewhat of that four, like the 5-6 role. Right, but on that left side too. You look on the right side, and you got a guy like Zub who's back for another year. Zub's a Hall of Famer, by the way. Yeah, but then like (laughs) you have guys like Lassie Thompson and JBD who showed some flashes. Pushing up, yeah, yeah. Both. I don't think they'll start in the NHL. No, but at the same time, it's like where is Brand? Thompson looks ahead of JBD at this point. Yeah, but if you look at you look at their depth, depends what the role is. A good depth chart of that. It's I feel like the value for Brandstrom is more for a different team than with the Ottawa Senators defensive core right now coming up with Lassie Thompson playing a good couple games on the right shot. You have a guys like JBD had a couple of nice games too, where it's like they're not full time NHLers yet, but at the same time, I don't think Brandstrom is in in a guy that you're going to be shoving in a you're going to force him to the right side, or is he going to be a five and, right. you know, you move you, you need Sometimes more, it's fit. You need much. more than he's six defensemen, though. Like, you're going to need eight or nine defensemen. Oh, yeah. So I would have no problem with him being back next year because with injury or just poor play, I would be okay with him in a depth role. I just, I just don't think the talent is there for him to be in, like, a top four yeah. role. Well, mm-hmm. I, it's sure starting to look 100%. that way. And I, and I think for Dorian – 
for better or worse, it's going to be hard for him to give up on that. That was a key piece of that stone deal. So it's hard to go, I'm cutting ties. Do you remember the words that day? No, I don't actually. We're a team. Proudest moment. (laughs) Proudest moment as a GM. Ah. GM. Uh, Me and Bunda took calls until three in the morning. And that was my criticism. Did Ottawa feel like it was their proudest moment? And that's, I I liked the return at the time. I did too, obviously. all of the talk about Brandstrom, and I didn't like the entire return. I liked liked that Brandstrom was a prospect. But I, I, especially with Mark Stone on our contract, I was expecting a first round pick. But my, my point that day was you cannot, you cannot step in front of a microphone and say this is your proudest moment when you just traded no. a top That's right. at you, least five, maybe three, yeah. fan favorite guy of all time in, in Ottawa that like could be your captain going forward. Right. And I'm not saying Mark's don't want to be here. I'm just saying you, you, you can't, like my you, point at the time was, hey, p- we like our return, yes. but it's unfortunate we had to trade a, a player like Mark Stone. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and that was my whole criticism. I, I didn't rip the trade. I didn't yeah. do anything. I just didn't like the comments. Yeah, and the second round pick turned into be Sokolov, right? Yeah. And you know he looks good in the AHL, but we haven't seen. And it's still early, but it's just there's a lot to that trade. That might be the one trade because you look at you know the the Carlson trade of. Strutzla and it turns into Josh Norris and mm-hmm. you know there's so much there the Pajot trade already almost looks better with Ridley Gregg and, and you know what they brought back for that but at the same time for, for the Mark Stone and the Branstrom thing it's like yeah if they're going to hold on to him just because of the trade that's where you're going to get yourself into trouble because sure. at the same not time, knowing when to cut yeah and I don't hate on him either I just I don't know if I see enough of a spot for him on that roster in the back end where he's going to be you know I feel like there's more value in a trade with that seventh pick, and you could bring in you know these guys that can help this something. team become a playoff team next year. So that's where I sit with old Branny. So you guys remember like twelve minutes ago when I said let's we'll, move on. We'll just quickly hit on uh, yeah, no quick talk. More was that only twelve minutes? I have no idea. <laughs> more or less topic or more or less games. Uh, I'm curious at this point, and uh, just I'm bef- curious to know where we're going. We're going to the Blue Jays. Okay, your Blue Jays. Uh, when we came in here, the Jays were down three to nothing. They lost three nothing. Okay, so <laughs> they've lost another series. It's it's interesting that you're going to the Jays here because, I, like, I don't know if you noticed me glance at my phone. I was checking the Major League Baseball scores. Okay, no, I, I yeah, they I, lost three nothing. I thought you were just you know no, bored here texting somebody. No, no, I want to be on the ball. Look at this guy. He's on top of things. This is why he's a producing genius and uh, hosts all kinds of things. Right, uh, look. This is a third straight now lost series, mm-hmm. and I'm not panicked yet about Might this be fourth, team. Actually. Yeah, I was just thinking that because you had that little two gamer in New York. You were in uh, in Cleveland before that. Could be four. It's it's, it's not Tampa, been... Cleveland, New York, and I forget what was before Cleveland. Right? Was it New York at home? It could or be, Boston. It could have been that. I'm, other I'm pretty Yankee sure they've series. lost at least four series in a row. So you got off to a pretty good start in that part of the series or part of the season in April that everyone was banking on being really difficult. You were going to face the Astros twice. You had the Yankees a couple times. You had the Red Sox a couple of times. And everyone knew that was going to be rough. And then it, you came out of it in pretty good shape, like up above 500 by four or five games. And then over the last week or two, when it supposedly was going to ease up on you, you lost a series to... Uh, to Cleveland, three or four, yeah, a big series to Cleveland. You, you, the Trop is always a house yeah. of horrors. 
have we overestimated this Blue Jays team, or is it just a question of they haven't quite yet put it all together and you still expect we're going to be fine? Nobody wants to take no, that one. No, I'll take it. I reading just... the 3 nothing loss score. And <laughs> I think um, it, it hasn't been a great start for Matt Chapman. That's um, true. Yeah. Both not only offensively, which obviously stands out, but even defensively today, the error, it was 0-0 in the bottom of the sixth inning. And uh, he, he, he tried to throw it a second, and it was an awkward throw um, that ended up in uh, in the first run of the game that Rays would score two more in that inning, and that, and that was the ball game. Right. Um, so so there... But overwhelmingly, but, he's been good defensively. Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean... I, today, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I phrased that right. <laughs> I didn't mean to say he was being... Yeah, but I'm just today stands out as okay. You're not doing it with the bat, and yep. and you cost your team a run and yeah. potentially two other runs <laughs> in the loss. Um, Teoscar Hernandez injury obviously was unfortunate because now even though he's back in the lineup, takes where's Teo at? Yeah, uh, they no still need a they still need a left-handed yeah. bat that that can do some damage. Whether it's not just home runs, but but. On base percentage, whatever they, yeah. I think they need not that. Pounding it into the, the turf. disappointing thing is they've been getting some. They've been getting pitching. Yeah, and, they have. And uh, yeah, I. What are they? Eighteen, seventeen. Yeah, it, yeah I, I got to say the word is disappointing. I'm disappointed where they are right now. Uh, not concerned. Yeah, because the the easier part of your schedule still lays ahead, mm-hmm. but you were hoping that this team might have mowed through this a bit more, right? And Because it did seem like they came through the part that everyone said was going to be really hard, right? And they were three or four games They're above first 500. In the yeah. And the Yankees are now like 18-2 and two in their last 20 or something ridiculous like that. And you're starting to fall a bit. Now, luckily, Boston's been awful. Baltimore's going to be awful. Uh, I, I'm a little bit... Again, I, I, I want to stop short of concerned, but not thrilled with how things are going, right? Like, as you said, the I, I'm still a little worried. The pitching's been good, but I'm a little worried about Barrios. Like, even the games that he's getting through, he's getting hit a bit, right? Like, but they're he's making always con- been that kind of a pitcher, yeah, though. Yeah, it just seems like they're making some hard contact off of him. Uh, I don't know. There's something that's just not quite right. And across baseball, offense is down. There's something going on with the ball still. I don't know if it's the humidor or they've fucked with it again or were they tightening the? Uh... Yeah, exactly. I, like there's a bunch of guys that are saying in post game interviews, like I know juicing the balls. That's it. They're doing the opposite. They're dejuicing yeah. the balls. Start juicing those. Yeah, let's see some hazy IPAs that, that, in those right. balls, baby. That, those were that was what two years ago, three years ago, yeah. maybe more than that when they were juicing. The pitchers balls. were hating it and the batters were loving it. Now mm-hmm. it's the opposite because you're seeing a bunch of guys across baseball in post game interviews saying. Look, I can't explain it, but I've been playing this game for 20 years. I know when I hit it like that, it goes out. And now they're just dropping at the at the warning track. Like, MLB, there's something man. going on. Like the, the MLB depressed. Is, I don't even want to talk about yeah, this shit. <laughs> it feels like they're the... It's funny, because when you, when you look at it from a North American Imagine standpoint... Imagine talking about this like hockey. Like, well, the pucks are different this year because we want more goals or we don't want more goals. The they're heavier <laughs> and all. skating, the like, Nats are... Like, I mean, that's a joke. Ho- yeah. It feels like 10 years ago, at least plus, was when the NHL was, oh, we're going to make bigger Nats, so they're going to adjust the Nats. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, or something. What are you making yeah. Nats? bigger for like you know make like figure it out with equipment wise but for the MLB there's so many things that go wrong 
every year, and it's just there's so much negative circumstance. You look at it from an American standpoint, and they look at the Big Four as like the NHL is by far last. Yep. You look at it from a North American, it's like for me, it's like the MLB is by far last because really? they're always messing with they the game. They are fucking with There's it. There's so many Stop rule changes. At it. So yeah. many rule changes. So much negativity, whether it's steroids or juicing balls or dejuicing balls or the way that things are just <laughs> happening. It's just like, the, in like even the lockout this past year, it's like, are you really going to go into a lockout after all these rules? Like, so much has been going on the last three to five years in the MLB where it's like, where where is the progress really at for bringing in new and young fans? It's like you're changing so much. You're well, you're, and I, I will get say it. though that the, this year aside, so far, kind of <laughs> like all the stars in Major League Baseball heading into this year were like 22, 24, yeah, yeah. and oh, like man. have so much swagger out their ass. Like, yeah, it was well, like Ronald okay, Acuna yeah, and, all the I want, best I want more of it though. Do, do you not want more of it though? Like, oh, it, these it was, guys look so like they're so much fun. Ah, uh, it's there, it's there. I would rather. Though, I want more. My I problem think. right now is I would rather see a, a five hundred foot home run than a pitcher's duel, and I have mm-hmm. time for both. I do. I, I yeah. don't mind defensive baseball. But the fact that we have spent a month of the season now talking about there's something different with the baseball this year. It's like your mm-hmm. your point about we changed the, the pot. Yeah, exactly. let's go. Like especially when you talk about all these stars that are coming along now, right? Like at Otani, he's doing both, and he's saying the ball's different, man. I'm telling you, he's a pitcher and a batter, and he's like, I can tell the difference. It's it's mm-hmm. I can squeeze it that a little is tighter. Stupid. It's, if you think about it, just like if you step back. And, like, I'm not, like, a baseball purist, and I couldn't break down every <laughs> aspect of the game. Like, I, if you want to do a baseball show, I'd recommend, like, six people to come in. But, <laughs> but if it, like, it, to, to step back and think, like, the, the item you're using to play the game with is in question right. so often. Right. Like, that's mind-boggling. Yeah, you know? Like, if we're volleyball players and we're like, I don't know, the volleyball is insane. Like, it doesn't balance at all. Yeah, the football is now uncatchable. What are we doing? How much do we laugh at the NFL when Deflategate happened and Tom Brady and (laughs) how it's like, we're talking about Deflategate. I didn't laugh. He's a criminal. (laughs) But but no, but like, seriously, though, like, it wasn't, it was like, it was a joke of like a thing for like a whole year. Yeah. And it's still something we all talk about. This guy's defending Brady now to his Patriots days. No, I love it. It's like, I thought it was hilarious because. It's like we're, this is what we're talking about. The MLB, it's like, and that's what one thing that's ever happened regarding yep. equipment in the NFL yep. in the last twenty years. The MLB, like you said, it's like it's not like it's like whatever. Every year, every year, every there's like a two problem with the baseball. Yes. Like what the uh, fuck this year is going it's tied on? Too tight. Last year it was too. Humid. Even you saw Alec <laughs> Manoa today bringing the. I, I we were we were in the enjoying room, drinks right? and in yeah. the green room so we didn't hear the conversation or what it was about but yeah. you could see that Manoa had a problem with the baseball he was, he was unhappy with pointing it pointing at the stitches yeah. yeah um and and just back to the Jays I honestly think it goes back to primarily Teoscar because if he doesn't get injured and he's he's playing at least decent baseball at offensively like that's your support for Vladdy. Yeah, you, so gotta, you can't now you have you can't, to pitch Vladdy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now with him out with, well when he was out of the lineup Guriel is a notorious slow starter. Yep. So he, there's no support beyond Vladdy. Right. Uh, so you can put him on base or not pitch to him. And, and well, suddenly Zach Collins can hit a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Santiago oh, Espinal off to a. Hey, I don't badmouth Espinal. I, I like yeah. SB. I, it's been an interesting start for the Jays. I, I, yep. I, 
When you look at that division, though, and, and I'm a Red Sox fan, so oh, I'll be, I'm going to be no. straight did up. Did you know you. that? I did not know no. that. Creech Cre- Cre- knew this, but oh, I, we, no. were, we were being on the DL about this. <laughs> okay. uh, even right now, my baseball fandom is kind of in the back seat because of the Stanley Cup playoffs and NBA playoffs. Yeah. And He's every- a Red Sox fan when they're winning. Uh, what I'm, I'm a Red Sox fan so when there's Sox fan. when it's like Post-season. July and August. Yes, and if they're not winning, else on if, they're, if they're not winning in uh, in September, uh, yeah, they're Fuck they're it. they're a team that's like yeah, they're my. I once heard Bun to say, uh, "Who's in the postseason Major League Baseball?" Red <laughs> Oh, I'm a Red Sox fan. Oh no, no, no I'm it's just getting, right it's now. getting ugly in here. <laughs> no, no, you could, you could probably say that. And I might not even disagree. Like I said, it's like you're lucky that wasn't a split second later because yeah, my, you, the beer was on my lips. I was about to get spit everywhere. <laughs> no, like because when I look at baseball, I became a, a Red Sox fan because I'd go over to my buddy's house and he was a diehard Jays fan. And we play MLB for the show with Manny yeah, Ramirez nice. on the cover. Man Ram. And yeah. I didn't. I wasn't a huge ball fan yet. I was like, okay, I like it. I was a Jays kind of guy. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But he would always be the Jays. He's like. I'm the Jays. Like, screw you. No be four. anybody Why would else. Why would you want to be the Jays? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, because he was like Vernon Wells yeah, and Gustavo Chassin. Like, let's go. <laughs> Ted Lilly, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Ted Gustavo Lilly. Chassin and his, he had a cologne, a line yeah. of colognes at that Did time. He? Yes. Oh, man. You bring Gustavo it. by Gustavo. Yes. Wh- who's the, oh, who's the closer? Greg? Oh, just Chassin. Oh, man. Who was uh, the closer at that time? Greg? Billy Koch? No. It was, that would have been that era. Billy. Oh, BJ Ryan. BJ Ryan. BJ. Yes. Awesome. Everyone loved BJ. So I would always just try and be a team that could compete with the Reds. Uh, with uh, with the uh, the Jays yeah. just whatever so and I was like I loved Manny Ramirez I've always thought he was just the funniest and awesome yeah. guy yeah. so I was like you know what Manny they're Manny. the best team they they're coming off of their their championship win uh, oh four you say yeah. hey wait a minute. Let me pick the Red Sox, who just broke the curse <laughs> yeah. and won the series. And, and at that time, too, like I was in grade seven or eight, so I was pretty young. Fair. So, so like, I, it wasn't like I was 30 yeah, and picking kids them are front-running douches. Yeah, right? so... I, I ah, and that's fair. Yeah. That's how you start developing yeah, your course. love of sports teams, right? Yeah. That's fair. So, and it, literally, if it wasn't for my friend making me pick a different team, <laughs> I'd probably be a Jays fan. But at the end of the day, I look at that division right now, and I still think the Jays are the second-best team in that division. I know. the Yanks or the Rays? Because I don't. I'm not buying the Yanks yet. No, I, I'm not I, there yet. But I was I, never. I was. It was ahead of the Rays for sure. Um, but I was like, yeah. I, I look at the Rays and I'm like, that's a team that I Every don't know. Year they just find a way. They find ways to win. But yeah. even though they trade always their best players, but that's I just stupid. I don't believe in them come July and August. Like my thing is, is do you look at baseball and it's such a long season, but teams are in early in April and May are. Okay, you could watch and see where they're going to go, and it's like okay, they have a really bad start. They can make a lot of it up in July and August, and that's where it comes down to. But if you can struggle and still find ways to get things done, which is kind of where I put the Jays, like they've had some struggles, but they've still looked really good. Yep, I see that as one a a bunch of one run games. No, I see them being a wild card team this year, unless. Things get even worse injury wise, and, and pitching doesn't seem to find it. Like Barrios, like he's a guy that I've always, I mean, I remember having on my fantasy baseball team. <laughs> and one week he'll go seven innings, striking out 13 with no earned runs. And the next week he'll go two innings and giving up 11 <laughs> runs. And it's like, man, this guy is destroying that's your home. Always opener. the way he's been. He's been a big strikeout pitcher. He's got some nasty stuff, but some matchups he just can't figure out. And there's still that team that has enough talent that I believe will get done. I'm not sold on the Rays. I don't think the Red Sox, I think last. Last year was kind of a kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah, they, they were good last year at times, but at the same time, I, I'm I'm sold to the Jays are the second best team in that division. So hey. I'm not panicking yet. This is your seventh anniversary show. Yeah. First of all, I'm blown away. You asked us to come on for your seventh anniversary, <laughs> especially. <laughs> what like what are you thinking right now? Like anything? 
like hockey, baseball. Well, I was going to say, you can go UFC. Whatever. No, I'm just like... Six years ago today. What are you thinking? What's going through your mind? On the one-year anniversary of this show, which is six years ago today, Rudinan Odor throws a rocket of a punch at Jose Bautista and just rocks him, but he doesn't go down. Did you see the Texas Rangers... I did. That I tweeted today. about it today, what like a, six years what ago. A donkey like, what a ass low Bush class ass franchise. What? Yeah, they I post- loved it. I loved really? it. Really? To like, celebrate that as a, as like, a franchise? Have like, you not won anything? No, no but it's like but neither team has, but it's like the Jays I thought have. it was. What do they want? The Jays the have a couple World Series. The Rangers have never won shit. No, but since that play's happened, nothing's happened. Man, Jays have been better. I won a two American League championship series. And maybe I'm not like hating on the Jays because I thought that was. I'm not saying don't celebrate that moment if you're like a. Tall can audio yeah, account. Yeah, exactly. Like, but you can't the beat Texas the Texas Rangers. Rangers hey, remember that? that? That's I love it. No, I remember that, that time we punched more. somebody. No, I, <laughs> love it. I love it even hey, more. We suck ass. Yeah. We always have sucked. <laughs> yeah. We will always suck. Right. But once we punched a guy because yeah. we waited until the final at bat of the season of the series, series against this guy yes. to throw at him, and then we got pissy yeah. because he slid hard into second base after That's that all moment. Us, man. Like. It's Bushley. And oh, right now, Rudin and Odor has been to the Yankees, is now with the Orioles. They're still paying He's him. He's in the league still? Yeah. I didn't know he was with the O's this and year. And the <laughs> Rangers are still paying him $10 million this year. Does it not add that much for hate, else. though? Like, I love it because it's nah, like... The Rangers it's, no, I love everything again. around it. I, I'm i just saying that the Rangers celebrating it on Twitter yeah, from their official account fans. today is... Bushly. Yeah, I, I get fans it. celebrating I, I it. I don't think your official account celebrates it. I, I to me, I thought it was funny, man. I, I don't know. We've seen a lot more uh, from Twitter accounts from teams and and certain a little individuals. personality. I'm fine over with. the last couple of months and years, like especially. Jay's got to go hard in the paint in the official six year anniversary of sweeping those bitches out of the postseason. <laughs> oh that, man, yeah. yeah. But no, no you got. I thought it was funny. It. I thought it was funny. As far as you know, this many years doing the show, I got to tell you, like people have asked, like. Was there a reason for the date, like that you remember the date? And there was nothing to it other than obviously it was 2015 when we started. And I'm looking ahead, like, when do we want to post our first show? What are we going to do? And I just looked and it was May 15th, 2015, looked like 51515. It was an easy hashtag. That's all it was, right? It was cool. How do we put something out there to try and build a little interest? It didn't build much interest. Like, nobody knew who the hell we were or whatever, but it was something to to you know grab onto and, and put it out there so that's why we ended up starting it and and yeah it's it's just my buddy rob and i at the time we both had gone to school for radio and moved on to other stuff and you know just moved on to a few talk ends. yeah exactly that that's all it was it wasn't a particularly original idea we would get together on weekends drink beer and talk about sports anyway so throw a microphone down see how it goes and i'm not kidding those first few episodes i I can't listen to like they're awful they, oh, they make me cringe hard it's fun though and uh yeah to sit here now and we got a, a decent little studio set up here and we've built a you know a good little community of, of listeners and guests and friends and whatever and yeah to have you know a couple guys like you come in and have a couple beers and shoot the shit on a Sunday afternoon so like it's all I uh, fair to say that a number of us have been like buzzed at the time. Like, no how, doubt. Is there like how many podcast episodes stand out as being like blasted? Like just totally off the yeah. rails. There is one. I had a buddy of mine in that never got released. <laughs> now I've saved the file and I've always. Oh, it's not out there. It's never been posted. What? There was one that I sat around with a buddy of mine and 
we had a couple too many in the green room. Like, you know, you and I, like the three of us had a, a couple beers, but didn't let it get out I of didn't control. Dig the beers, couple margaritas. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't dig the green room today. You guys set me up for failure. <laughs> Put me on the balcony. Yeah, well, okay. So there was the outdoor green room for yeah. sure that you weren't loving. Uh, we'd have made it worse if I'd have known you were going to come in here and rip Marner all night. But look, that that show that I'm talking about, we stayed out in the green room too long. And we went in and recorded, and the next morning when I got up to edit, I was like, I cannot post this fucking gong show. <laughs> like, there's no way. And I texted my buddy, and I was just like, this isn't going out. Like, it's... Now, I've kept the file, and I've always said, like, maybe as a series finale, if we're ever shutting the show down, or, you know, we'll post it. Do you ever do, like, an outtakes thing something, or something? like that, yeah. Like, the file still exists, but I, I've never... What's the What's the drunkest... Like episode that's been released. I love the smirk and the laugh he's got going on. He's got like ten of them, probably right. Uh, you know, there's a couple probably that that circle back to when the Grey Cup was here in 2017. Yeah, 17. Uh, hmm. Scott MacArthur came in. Scotty Mac. He's a good dude. He didn't know me AKA at all. Fabio, right now. Have you seen that flow? That, the flow is amazing right now, yeah. man. Uh, and he's back on the radio down in Toronto doing his thing, which is awesome to see. Uh, he came in, and we didn't know each other at all. I just was trying to fill up basically one night, uh, like one show per night during Grey Cup week. And then we would obviously be going to the game. We'd do a post-game show, all these sorts of things. Twenty. So he was in town? just like He was in town. He was still working for uh, TSN 1050 yeah. in Toronto. He came up to do... Grey Cup Week, Radio Row, right? So he had. I don't he, even know if I knew he was in town for that. So Man, I just shot him a message so long ago and said, <laughs> you know, do you want to come over for a couple beers and and do our show? And he was like, yeah, all right, like whatever. <laughs> so he comes in on a Tuesday or Wednesday night of Grey Cup Week, and he told me before he's like, I don't know shit about the CFL. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm here because TSN sent me here. We're I'm doing like, my yeah my daily show here, right? But, uh, and so can't we break down the fun of things of the Canadian. No, League. but so we talked baseball. We talked about whatever, but. Uh, you know, we had a few beers and then we took a break like you and I, like you guys and I did a few minutes ago. And he said, I didn't come out here for just one beer. Like he was pretty assertive. So we're going back to the fridge. Yeah. And when we shut the mics off afterwards, he hung around for another hour or two, but we had already been into it, you know, on the show. And, uh, he was supposed to meet a couple other TSN guys downtown for dinner and he had blown that off to stick around and have a few. That was a pretty lit night of, uh, of beers. We've had a few like that. Normally... The heavy beering happens after after, okay. after the. Uh, Do you want to throw any uh, guests under the bus in terms of who let loose? Uh, Someone he, we know he wouldn't maybe? mind at all. You guys maybe wouldn't know, him, but Andy Nita, <laughs> oh. who runs the Nita Beer Company, he has frequently <laughs> guested on the show and brings beers. But he brings about th- like he drinks while he's here about three times what he brings, and and he's always awesome. Like the next day, he's like, "Fuck, whatever." Well. We'll send you some more the next day or whatever. <laughs> uh, he's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I can remember uh, uh, Ian Mendez, the first time he was in, didn't get totaled. I'm not saying that. But in the back kind of corner of my fridge, I had sort of pushed a couple to the back. Like, I'm kind of hoping to hold on to these for a certain occasion. Oh. And I sent him into the magic fridge that you guys know about. And he was kind of picking through. He's like, oh, I don't know. what. And each time he would go back to the fridge, he pulled three out of that back corner that I was <laughs> I didn't say anything because I'm just happy he's here and doing this or whatever. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. And not this to defend unreal. not to defend Mendez at all, but he's uh he's recently 
fully admitted that he's not a beer guy. He's not. He's no. like he said coming in. He's like I'm like maybe one Michelob Ultra, but you, the show has a bit of a vibe, yeah. right? You just kind of get into it, and like he's a wine and like scotch, yeah, or cocktail. whiskey, cocktail. yeah, like cocktail guy. Like so, that's I thought it was funny that you brought up that you had all these good that beers one in the day, back corner. Yeah, and, and he like, went it wasn't like the they ball. were. Yeah, he just kind of was like, oh, that one stood out, and you grabbed. Like, oh, <laughs> so since that from that moment on, Ian's taught you that the beer you're saving, you just put in your bedroom. You got to hide it away hide somewhere, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that's and it's so funny. Rookie move on your because like Ian's like the nicest guy in the world, right? And so you'd never. It was just funny that. They were sort of like they were left there in case whatever, but sort of tucked away. Yeah, like hoping. I, I see in your vegetable crisper, there's a couple right. of beers, a couple extra Bobby margaritas a, down there or something, milk yeah. bag or something. Yeah. And I found these. This one looks like the one That's I'm interested funny. in. So yeah, yep. no, Mendez's been on a bunch of times. He's a great like. You guys both know the the 1200 guys pretty well. Obviously, both were. I've been pretty lucky. Like Jr's been on. It's just been remotely, but uh, I think he's going to come in studio here. Lloydy's been on multiple times. Uh, AJ, anytime we've asked him to come on and do CFL stuff, he, he never hesitates. So I've been really lucky that you guys over at, at 1200 have, have warmed up to. Have you, uh, you're a big there. wrestling guy or you used to yeah. be, right? Yeah. Which you sh- nah, we're doing this live sure. right now, but, uh, Lee Versace. Lee, yeah. Is he a craft beer guy? He knows his, uh, no, uh he's not. a craft beer guy. Yes. Cider. Okay, no, he's, all right, he's all a right. craft beer guy, but kidding. yes, it, it wouldn't be like a, an IPA stout or whatever. Sure. It would be more... Mill Street organic. He would have... The no, 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 no. It'll be like Bud funky. Light, strawberry, lime. No, no. <laughs> like, Bud Light, orange. Yeah, right. Like something Coors that... Light iced tea. Yeah, if you, like the fruitiest kind of... <laughs> okay, that's all right. Sweetest kind of whatever. Yeah. But he doesn't... like, And that, I say that, and like, I, I immediately associate him with... Sours, but he doesn't like sours. Right? Okay. Me neither. Like he'll go to he'll go to the United States and he'll come back and like you got to try this peanut butter and jelly whatever. That was it's it. Like, I was trying to think of it. I could I'm not. Into that so sort you brought of it up, Reach, but it's, honestly, you guys might butter, vibe. All right. Yeah. We'll have him in. Talk a little wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. man, for sure. Yeah, he's uh, he's got the wrestling under control. For sure. Where did uh, where did the name of Talcan Audio come from? If I could, this is the one thing that actually no one's ever brought up on the show. If I had that to do over, I wouldn't name the show that again. I don't, really? It, it, I thought it was a solid name. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but it doesn't, in terms of, especially early on when you're trying to build an audience, it doesn't give them anything in terms of what you're going to be mm. talking about, right? Like you could have said the beer-fueled sports show or something stupid like that, but at least to be like, okay, they're going to talk about sports, sports and drink and beer. beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk and audio came from... It's like a from, beer podcast. Yeah. And if it, you don't know anything about it, yeah, well, yeah. Right. And so it came from um, two things. I always liked the idea, just because I'm a beer guy, that in, uh, in college when I was taking radio broadcasting, they told me that one of the first pair of studio-style headphones... Uh, because technology was so shit. They were huge. They would stick way out off the side of your head, and they were called tall cans. Like, it was a nickname, like, for them. And I kind of, you know, that's kind of neat. I'm a bit of a radio nerd for some of this old stuff. And then, of course, we were going to have beers, and then, of course, instead of it being a, you know, a normal can, it's a tall, we're going to, our show will give you a little more, right, was the, mm. so there was a few things that tied into it. I, I, you know, cool for my, logo. I like are you logo. not selling yourself more on the way you, expl- like, I think tall can audio was a solid name. I do and like and the way I, even you're yeah, explaining no, I, it. I can I'm, appreciate I'm what it. he's saying though, like, but there's yeah. if you if you know nothing about it, there's nothing. It's, yeah, you're not bringing a lot of people in, wise, yeah. right? So I like it. I still appreciate, obviously, what I was 
the thing is, I, I know what I was thinking when I came up with the name. It was silly to think anyone else would follow that train of thought. That's all, right? It, it's sort of buried in a few At least, though, things. like, if you see it, like, on social media or something, like, one click is like, oh, okay, this yeah. is a sports beer club. Right. And that's it. And and the logo itself, you know, has got the headphones sort I like of wrapped the logo, around pretty it. Cool. Yeah. So that's really where all that comes from. And it's been fun. We've got to talk to some people that in a thousand years probably never would have otherwise. Like, the fact that that Bob McKenzie takes my calls now is still kind of weird. Got like, some that's Bobby odd. margaritas in the fridge. Yeah, that's right. right. We had we those. Take in the a picture room. with them later. To see yeah, we'll do that. Gives it's, them some love. Yeah, um, like that's weird to me though that that guy will answer if I text him. <laughs> like I'm sort of that's odd. So uh, yeah, it, but at the same time, the whole idea was to sit down, have a couple beers, and talk sports with interesting people. And and really, mm-hmm. it was no more complicated than that. And here we are. Idea for episode seven hundred one. Mm-hmm. You. Bunda, yeah, Mitch Marner. We'll just have it out. <laughs> you think Tell Mitch, them <laughs> the all is, the reasons that Mitch is disappointing Bunda. You need another mic because Mitch's dad will have to come yeah. join him. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. Now we'll never get Mitch. Went, <laughs> meanwhile, looking at just looking at uh, like Creech brought up like blast and whatnot. Good. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> um, what, what, what's a memorable like episode or taping that? doesn't re- like revolve around all that stuff but just something that you know you did and whether whether the guest was just that much you know more awesome to talk with other than this one. Oh yeah well 100 this one these but. are obviously the best <laughs> no him, yeah not today um, <laughs> i've been i could see you have a couple gray hairs and beard hairs now because i've been just driving you crazy about the <laughs> leafs today um but just in terms ripping of, on marner know, ripping on my gray beard hairs. yeah <laughs> just yeah well it's because of me today but uh i look at it in a sense of you know just even like you said bob responding to you but just a moment where you were having an interview and it's like it was just flowing it was awesome you didn't have to think you were just talking like is there a like a a memorable moment where you had a guy or a girl or anybody that you were like man this is awesome so there's a couple if that's not copping out the first one i think would be the first time aj actually came on our show he was the first sports media guest that we'd ever had it, it, it had always just been rob and i doing our thing and we'd had ah, some other guests i didn't know that that's cool yeah shout that's, out to aj of course jackie beck's been awesome to us have and, a new castle today yes um it, you know it had always just been sort of us sometimes people we knew i had a guy named nate sager who wrote for yahoo sports he was credentialed to go to red blacks games he covered the 67s as well he came on early on and kind of lent us some some of his audience right and gave us a little bit of credibility but when AJ came on, it was sort of like, okay, like people might take our call, right? Like, and that was kind of cool to just be sitting and talking to someone who did this for a living. It was still very early on uh, in our show. And then I can remember calling a friend of mine after the first time I emailed Bob McKenzie and he got back to me and said, yeah, all right. Like I called a friend of mine. I was like, I don't really understand what just happened. Like I threw it out there hoping, but I... I don't know. There's something in sports media in Canada where he's sort of like, hey, he's the coach, he's, he's the, the, king, the kingpin, right? And so that, and the fact that I think more than that, like the second or third time he would come on the show, you were sort of like, were you nervous the first time? Yeah, of course. I because I not I do not intentionally mean to make this about me, but do it when when I first started doing pregame shows, he, like he was still the insider, right. on twelve hundred, and I, like I, I remember that like whole whatever it ended up being 10 times I interviewed him. Right. It was like every single time I was nervous. It was like, 
don't fuck up. Yeah. Like, write your questions out ahead of time so that you're not yep. stumbling. Like, just, it, this is the Bob father. Like, make sure you're asking him legitimate questions and he doesn't think you're a moron. Right. That, that was my feeling every time I spoke to him. And, like, and maybe it would have been the case if it was someone else in that position when I was starting out. But, but now, like, I can be comfortable with anyone. Right. Like, Dregs or... Yeah, like, we, I don't get like that anymore. Or whatever. No matter yeah. who it is now. But it's Bob McKenzie. Yeah. And, and the... The first time we talked, I was nervous, but he stuck around after we were done recording and talked to me for, like, it wasn't a ton of time, five, six minutes, but he could have just hung up and left. And I was sort of like, all right, like, he's just, he's just a guy, it's right? Like, and, yeah, but it was cool. The one thing I should say that, that I thought was amusing, the first time we had AJ on, uh, he wasn't able to come in studio, so we did it by phone. So he did it from the strip club? Or? Yeah, obviously, right down there at the <laughs> Bearfax and uh, from the champagne room. Um <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but love, you, love you, age. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet him wherever he wants to record. I'm good. Yeah. So it's me and per- Rob. Perbs Row on Darefax. Yeah. <laughs> over a couple of horrible chicken wings. and <laughs> Don't eat there, folks. Don't do it. So Rob and I are doing that interview with AJ the first time over the phone. And so we worked out a system because we had never done a phone or interview together. Like we'd always just sort of got together and talked sports, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to ask him a question. And you're sitting right beside me. If I need a follow-up or I want to keep this, I'm going to give you like just an elbow or a whatever, right? And he was like, all right, same on his side. And then we forgot halfway through the interview. Does the elbow mean (laughs) you take it or does the elbow mean I'm keeping it? And we got like halfway and now we're like trading elbows and neither one of us know what they mean anymore <laughs> we're just like talking yeah. all over oh, Bunda just oh, I was gonna let you behind uh. the scenes Bunda just did it so with AJ when you're in the same room as him he has this tell too where it's like I, I everyone does up. too everyone uh, yeah does. everyone does like there's a way of communicating yeah. for sure AJ's is like like you're showing someone like an inch like with your yeah. index finger and your thumb. Right. That's and what. It, and he squints, but, but yeah, though. He squints face. and he leans into it. He's like. Like he's thinking the hardest <laughs> thing like, ever. Like if he's four feet away from you, when he tells you he's two feet away okay. from you. Like All he, right. Just follow up. Quick follow up. That That's his tell. It's, okay. It's so funny because Bunda just did it. Like he, obviously yeah. if you're listening, you can't see. Bunda just did it to me while you were right. describing it. I, yeah. And everyone, like everyone that's ever hosted a show with him knows that that's the AJ I have a follow up. Mm. I did have a follow-up too, and I was just just to laugh at that. But a typical uh, creature would know too is when you have like you have something, mm-hmm. and AJ would wave you off because yes. he has one too. <laughs> but uh, no, it's because yeah, I love how we've actually just went on a rip on on AJ. No, on I it, was giving him. We I love him. We're loving it. But, and that's yeah. not even awesome. ripping no. him. That's no. just that's just his uh, his tell. His tell. Age yeah. uh, age is the man. But uh, in terms of uh, you know, we asked you about like you know your interviews and whatnot. Is there was there ever an interview where you brought someone on and you were excited for it and it didn't turn out that way, or an interview where you're like, "It's the last time I ever asked this person to come on." This one oh. <laughs> <laughs> could be this one. It's a fucking Mitch Marner thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh uh, yeah, you're never asking me on for a <laughs> UFC one, are you? Yeah, well, for UFC, you just can't talk Leafs here anymore. That's all. Uh, I, yeah, I don't my, care. I'm just going to be honest. I'll defend myself. I put it in my. Sorry, I, I'm going to derail this. <laughs> yeah, I, I die yeah. hard Leaf fan from like grade four. We till, know. Like, we know it's first, coming through all the way. And it's like, I have put in my dues. I think you're more upset I, than I am today. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yes, it's it's a. It's Bunda not, used to play when he was on 1200. Like, oh, like I don't really care about the no, Leafs and, anymore. And I think that's my problem is I don't. 
But it's like it's when I hear people like and like and I hear people like defending them at this point. It's like, yeah, they did good, but you know, and it's like you know what? I don't give a shit if they did good. I want them to win a round. Like that's it. And it's like then I'll be like I'll be looped back in. Right. For now, it's like because man, I remember going back to like. Man, TSN weekend with Creech and Lee, and it was like before it was Marner's rookie year, and all every TSN weekend show, we would kill a half hour of just arguing about Mitch Marner, <laughs> about how he's not good for the NHL. He's too small. He's never going to make it. He's a London Knight. You know this, that, and it was like all we sounds would, like Lee arguments. Oh, hundred percent Lee arguments. But it was just like the constant defending of them and it's like you know what it's like six years later it's like I look at this team it's like they haven't progressed in that sense of advancing to a winning round right. so I'm in a spot where it's like I you know what Holding make, make, the, make those changes yeah. because if not you're not getting old Steve Bunda back as a fan anytime soon so sorry for derailing and re-asking my question Bonnie yeah. is rattled Bonnie went down for game four <laughs> and Bonnie being my mom yeah. who uh, was a big like a Huge Lee fan as well, much bigger than I am. Right. She she picked up and went down and drove down. Didn't fly. Drove down to Tampa for Game Four At on three in the on, morning on Mother's Day, oh Friday after game after Game Three yeah. when they shelled the the Lightning. Yeah. The, she's like, I'm you know I'm going she, for it. Like behind the curtains, she was you know like, let's go. We're going. Like, why don't we both go? Why don't we go both go down? We'll go down for game four or something like that. Come on, it'd be a lot of fun. I was like, I'm not driving down. I'm not doing that, Mom. Sorry. <laughs> she, okay, whatever. All right. I might not go. I'm whatever. Next, you know, whatever happens, I'm going. You're not coming? Okay. Well, I'm going without you. I'm going to game four. She went with one of my friend's moms. I've known, uh, known him since I've been in grade four. And she just took off down there and not a very good outing for no, her to go like down to. No, blown away. She had great seats. She was nice. super excited. She had a great time in Florida for a week, but... The one thing she did not do was uh, celebrate a Leafs win in Tampa, no. um, which, like I said, huge, huge Leaf fan, bigger than I am, especially now. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure it broke her heart because oh, yeah. we, her and I were texting. So she had I on host- Mother's Day too. I really wanted them to win for yeah. her. I hosted uh, with Lee on on the Friday. And Matt Scooby, who's a Leafs fan, was a guest, and he's like, ah. so for people not familiar, he works for uh, for Ottawa CTV. News, CTV yeah. News here in Ottawa. Yeah, I host CTV News at five. Yeah, so. He joins the drive every Friday. And so he came on and I, I was like, how are you feeling? And he's like, honestly, t- I'm, I'm generalizing, but basically his feeling was, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to support the Leafs and get behind them until they reach the second round. Like I'm, I'm done with them. They've hurt Co-sign me too many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was his feeling. So I'm, I'm hosting the show. I look, my phone's going off. I'm like, what's going on? So I look, it's Bonnie Bunda mm. text me. Tell this effing guy <laughs> that the true Leafs fans are driving to Tampa at three in the morning. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So and then so Love so Station. I didn't respond to her because I was on the air. Yeah. But then I responded that night. So that was the night of Game Three. Right. So I responded a little bit later. <laughs> like responded to whatever the text was she, she said, and like the second that I my message was received Toronto scored then I responded again Toronto scored again she's nice. like I'm kidnapping you yeah, and you're coming texting. to Toronto yeah. or to Tampa with me <laughs> yeah and uh, I declined it did not and go so, so it's well. my fault I guess no, no. but yeah I'll so, that yeah. so yeah no and I, I didn't go I didn't go either no but uh, that was the thing she was she was down and an unfortunate, like, like what I said. What was the question you asked, Matt? Oh, who, who was it? Who was it? Who, who stunk? Was that, it, it, they don't have to be the worst, but I had to defend myself. I, on I will Mario. say this: uh, 
underwhelming is a good way to put it. Just someone that you were excited about that maybe didn't, or someone yeah. that showed up yeah. here and was like, I don't drink beer, I don't want to do this. Or There was one I did over the phone during the pandemic, and it is a hockey insider at Sportsnet who has uh, many thoughts, I will say. Okay. And he was, I don't really understand why he agreed to do it. Because as soon as he picked up, it was like, okay, let's go. And then as soon as it was done, he's like, okay, hey, like, call waiting, got to go. And that's fine. Like, we don't have to sit and chat, but like, it wasn't that pleasant of an experience. You were just sort of like, all right, like, I can say I've had this person on my show. I don't need to have them again, right? Hmm. Uh, almost the exact opposite. I would say Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet, who writes for uh, the J- uh, writes about the Jays on Sportsnet.ca. You do see him on the broadcast occasionally. That guy has been on a bunch of times, and when he comes on, hmm. there's been very few people because it's harder. I don't have to tell you guys, it's harder over the phone, over the internet, than it is in person, right? The vibes is different. Mm-hmm. Hundo. He totally got what we were doing. He totally understood it's a little more low-key. He's a craft beer guy. He was willing to weigh in on that. He was willing to be a little bit more lighter than he would be on the Sportsnet platforms. Like, he just totally understood the vibe right away. And I've been really excited that that he kind of bought in. And he's been on a few times. He's actually going to be back here in a couple of weeks to, to talk Jays again. So sometimes you just never know, right? Like, who's going to grab on to what you're, mm-hmm. what you're doing, right? So, And has there been someone that you brought into studio and you were not expecting them to be this huge beer fan or whatever, but that either turned down a beer or said that they don't like beer. And they like, I want to talk we, about AJ we, again. We, we, we chirped Mendez, <laughs> but like, you know, Mendez will have a beer, right? Yes. Just, has there ever been someone that's like, I don't drink beer. Yeah. But most of them, like they know ahead of time, like what okay. this is. And they let you know, like, Hey, this is, and I'm like, wasn't sure if it was like a walk. It's not a deal a, breaker thing. Like where you wouldn't like drink a beer. Or you land McKenzie and he's like, I'm, I don't drink beer. Just yeah. Drink he's flat out said, and you're like, like uh, F off Bob. Right. Yeah. Get yeah. out of here. Like Ray Ferraro. He won't, uh, he's not a beer guy. He, he'll, I always ask him when he's on to give us a wine recommendation. I was going right? to say, would you, okay. would you have a, would you open a bottle of red, uh, when you're interviewing Ray? Yeah. Yeah. I like ah, I've a, tried everything. Like I've tried nice. the the bourbon, the banana bourbon out there, the pink oh, Whitney yeah. people have asked. Like I'll try whatever for the sake of the show. I'm good. Uh but it's just not my thing. Um yeah, it, the one thing I'll say about AJ cuz he's had beers with us a bunch of times and and whatever. But one of the times he came in, uh he had just come from the gym and he asked like, "Do you have any juice? Do you have any fruit punch or something?" Or like <laughs> Actually, I do. And there was some juice in the fridge. And he went and he had a glass of juice and sat down and talked to us. And, <laughs> and I was like, this is the weirdest thing just because I know you will drink oh, beer. Like, he I know is you're one of a kind. I love no that guy. Doubt. He's been oh. so good to our show. But that was odd. I love, I'm just trying to picture myself like I love that you spent c- after being at the gym yeah. craving fruit punch. Can I have a glass of juice? Yeah. Not Please tell me you gave him Hawaiian punch instead. Yeah, that's all it was. It was like one of those cardboard cartons of Allen's fruit punch. And he, Good on you for See, having that. Because I think I just had like my little four-year-old buddy Lucas over here the other day, so we had some ju- and whatever. I don't care. I like juice in the morning too. But it was weird when you you want to come by for beers and he has some. Did juice he have a beer later? No, or? no. Had two glasses of juice and carried on with his day. <laughs> Um, I'm so happy Sounds you brought like that story. Sounds like I was going to be trolling. So, so happy you brought that story. 
Yeah. Just because me and Creech took a run out of him, kind of, in a sense. Oh, sure. We'll all take our shots yeah. at AJ now, despite the fact that for he was the, record, the first guy. For the record, I was guy. mostly defending AJ. Yeah, it's true. But he was the first guy to do anything nice for this show, and we celebrate our seventh year by, by working him over here. So Fair enough. He'll be back in a week or two. AJ but, and I uh, were on the same page last night. We were, we were having a discussion, A, about best player in the game. It's McDavid, hands down. There's right. no argument. Okay. Uh, and, and again, I'm not a Matthews hater. Yeah. It's there's tears to this game. He's a bit of a Matthews hater. No, no, I'm not. He's sick. <laughs> there's nobody shoots a puck like him in the league. It's yeah. insane. Uh, Connor Bedard probably better than him. And he's a WHL player, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna just, see. I, that kid looks unreal. <laughs> but no, legit. I I do like Ma- Austin Matthews. Yeah. I like him a lot. I'm not gonna criticize him. But McDavid is on a different level. It's there are levels, yep. and he's on another level. That's fair. Uh, where was I going to go with You and AJ this? were talking last night. Oh, the other thing. <laughs> jerseys, okay? Mm-hmm. What are the Oilers doing with their jerseys Stop. for a while? The Oilers are awful. With yeah. yeah. I so, liked a lot of their old yeah. the fashion. Orange. Bring back the blue with the yep. Orange, yep. orange shoulders. Yep, it's great Okay, that's one. Calgary already did it. Pittsburgh did it. Ottawa did it. Uh, the St. Louis Blues have an... They have... They could be a top five jersey in the league. Instead of they're wearing trash. Yeah. Trash. That jersey's awful. Anaheim Ducks goes without say. That's the worst sweater in the, the league. Big D. They're yeah. thirty-two. The orange 32 too, and that like they have the old Ottawa Bring Pittsburgh the jersey where it's like a triangle underneath the arm. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, get rid of that and yeah. go with your Mighty Ducks jersey for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, we had, AJ and I were Wild talking way. jerseys and uh, yes. and best players in the league last night. All right. Well, I think Bund has got uh, the right idea here. It might be Wild Wing time. As, uh, the wild wing. Oh, yeah. you, you brought up the ducks. <laughs> because the ducks are definitely the one of the worst jerseys in the league. Oh, and, worst. And it's yeah, it, it, they're for sure the worst. But man, yeah, they're they're terrible, and they need something to happen. And yeah, all those to be lost in a fire or something. Oh man, there's so many. Good, the Minnesota Wild showed up here with the uniforms the, one year. I'll give that the was NHL like three credit, years, four years ago. Because like the last like five years. Their jerseys have starting to get. Uh, they've they've got Minnesota. A, oh, yeah, everywhere. they're moving away Minnesota. from that stupid Christmas tree jersey. What yes. do you mean? I love Minnesota's jerseys. Like I think they're solid. What about yeah. the Flames one with the horse head? Uh, I like that one. Yeah, Blasty, yeah, yeah. I think his name is. His face and straight oh, it's like a third jersey. Yeah, but no, I like. No, that the one. fact that they moved from. I don't have the image in front of me. It's hard to describe, but what they're wearing now is beautiful. The flames and what they yeah, yeah the flames yeah. and what they used to wear like a year ago or two years ago was an awful version of it. <laughs> Um, the Sens, the same thing. The Penguins, the Penguins had it's weird. The Penguins and Sens had the same jersey, like the the lines and everything under yeah. the arm. Everything was the same, and they had that stupid logo and terrible colors. And and but and they're sitting the on this Sens tradition. As much as you guys, do. oh, it was awful. Like and I didn't love it. Too. The but Montreal it was Canadians fine. wear red. They're your biggest rival or second biggest rival, and they're two hours well, down what the road. Do you want them to? I guess black. Black. All right. All right. You can't wear blue. You can't wear red. No, you you just go back to your roots. Yeah, forget the. I red. I do like these new throwbacks. Not throwback. Whatever. Like their new jersey is yeah. the original jersey, basically. Yeah, uh, I like that. But I didn't hate the three D. Oh, logo like a lot of people did. I, I didn't think it was that bad. But uh, we're out of beer in here. Not not it. Not in the house. <laughs> uh, so we'll wind this down here, guys. I really appreciate you coming in and doing a little navel gazing with me and and engaging in a little looking back. And, uh, and certainly looking ahead on the uh, the sports side of things. But uh, seven years in the books, and we'll move into an eighth and, and see what happens. But uh, I appreciate you making the time. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for hosting. Um, let's go out in the balcony where there's uh, air conditioning that's Yeah, a little cooler. Natural. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think I got to take a piss and get out of here. <laughs> and stay there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll but get no, you through this, Bunda. Thanks for thanks for having us on, especially on, like you said, the seventh anniversary. It's a, yeah, mind-blowing. It's a, it's Thank a you. big deal, and uh, happy you took some time to answer questions about your own podcast as well. I thought that was fun. I, I'm glad you put that back on me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's for sure. It's about you, man. Look back a bit. That was cool. Normally, so. we, we're always uh, kind of on to talk about UFC. So And we'll do that again. Yeah, for sure, we will. Yeah. There's some big cards coming up. Some Lots of stuff happened recently, but... Uh, you hey, ever want to talk Marner again? Just invite us back. <laughs> I think we're good for a few months. We need four mics. <laughs> five, five. You said Mitch and his dad. No, I'm us, sitting so. this one out. Oh, okay, no. you're not coming in for that. All right. Uh, we'll wind this one down here. This has been episode 972 of Talking and Audio. It is the seventh anniversary. We move into our eighth year coming up this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Whether you've been around for just a couple episodes or. Uh, I guess probably just my mom and dad who've been here since day one, probably the only ones who've, who've been here since the beginning. Uh, no matter how long you've been around, we appreciate you. Uh, it's been great to, uh, to build this little community, interact online, have you guys listen to the shows. It's, it's been great. So thank you all so much for, uh, for checking it out. Uh, my name's Matt Robinson. For Graham Creech and Steve Bunda, we'll end this one here, and we will catch you all next time on Tall Can Audio. There's only so much time we can kill here. Spin our wheels I've had time to rock But I'm still here You can't imagine How that feels Watch us while we spin our wheels Thanks for listening Make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app and find us on social media at Tall Can Audio.